Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems, episode 74. I am one of the co-hosts, Nick Stevens. With me this time is... Aaron. Hey, guys. Hey, Aaron. And special guest, who we got on the line today? Steven Michael from Facebook. Nice. I, lo- I-, I love that. You know, I listen to you on Two <laughs> Dudes, and it's like, you're not just Steven Michael, you know, from the Retro Game of the Month. It's uh, Steven Michael from Facebook. <laughs> yes, I sir. Love I love it. <laughs> So this is Nick Stevens from Genesis Gems. <laughs> and Aaron this Hickman. is Aaron Hickman from Genesis Gems. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so. Retro Obscura and whatever else. That's right. Every one of my other podcasts is like defunct. I literally just saw <laughs> 20 minutes ago. I don't know why I haven't got rid of the Facebook page, but it says, you have two new likes on the NES podcast. Oh, man. Oh, those are likes. I know. I feel so bad. <laughs> it's, I at- it's like, uh, you know, this this thing that you haven't touched in in a few years and it's hey, nah, hey, it's, it's it's nice though yeah the 90s entertainment show was cool I, I enjoyed it, it. yeah I was actually just talking to Ryan today and we always we always bring it up like hey maybe we should do that podcast again but it never happens so uh, yeah. and whose fault is that it's yeah, not it's, really Ryan's fault is it it's probably my <laughs> fault <laughs> nobody ever seems to have time anymore as adults no. it's kind of sad nah no and it was a lot no, easier don't make time it was a lot. It was a lot easier when we first started because I, I had a laptop at the time. I use a desktop now, and I would just like go meet him somewhere, and we would do it, you know, wherever. <laughs> yeah. So now I don't have that luxury. But anyways, all right. So uh, let's go with the show. So how have you guys been? How you been, Aaron? Hey, I've been great. I'm trying to remember the last time we shoot. The last time we talked. It actually wasn't that long ago. Uh, we did do a show in the which is pretty cool. I need like a dog barking filter. That's, that's got to stop. One second. <laughs> well, I got a dog, guys. So you didn't know that. No, that's your dog. <laughs> no, I, I've been good. I'll, I'll keep talking. Uh, I had my it's that release of my album, which is out now. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Very, yeah. Yeah, awesome album, man. Very oh, cool. I appreciate it, man. Uh, what else happened? Well, my <laughs> two of my kids had birthdays <laughs> near the end of the month, so it was kind of crazy. Because uh, I think, uh, let's see, Will had his birthday on the 19th, and then Cat was the 25th, so it was just kind of back-to-back, uh, feeling ashamed about how much cake I had. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you come back from that, uh, which, which I did. And now I'm like hitting the gym four days a week again. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I'm back on. I'm back on the wagon. Um, but yeah, it's it's been good. I got to spend time with the kids and um, play a lot of this game we're going to be talking about. Yeah, you did. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> An impressive amount. <laughs> like- so much so that I've played it with two out of three of my kids. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and they're not sick of me yet, thankfully. <laughs> awesome yeah when i told you what level i was on i was a little embarrassed we'll get into that later but uh <laughs> i was like i thought i was on pretty good i think i remember what level yeah, i think it was something yeah. to do with snake woods but. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right so uh um steve steve right you prefer steve not steven yeah steve okay yeah, steve's good so uh this is probably a good time just to kind of promote what you do as well um if you want to kind of give a little blurb and we'll put links on our show notes as well so everyone can uh go check what you're doing out which is a really cool thing yeah i I really appreciate it so uh i started a group in january of this year called the retro video game of the month club on facebook and basically it is a 
book club, but for video games. So it's community-based. Uh, once a month, I put up a poll, and the community votes on as many games as they want to within the, the six that get posted. And then the highest voted game is the game for the following month. So we've had um, a pretty good list of games this year. And actually, I'm going to do an announcement now uh, for the future here. We're actually changing the name of the club. It's going to be Retro Gaming Monthly. Ooh. And uh, I actually have the domain name, RetroGamingMonthly.com. It's kind of a, in a play on uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly, uh, if you guys remember that magazine yeah. from back yeah. in the day. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it'll be a lot easier to find the group and all that, but Retro Gaming Monthly, um, right now it's Retro Video Game of the Month Club. Uh, do you guys mind if I just run through the games that we did real quick? Yeah, Just sure. to give you an no, idea no. of the community. So it's it's kind of like all retro type games. So January to now, we started with Strider in January, then Star Tropics, Mega Man 4, Super Mario 64, Super Star Wars, The Lost Vikings, Battle of Olympus, Castlevania Bloodlines. Super Mario Land 3, Rocket Knight Adventures, and Zombie Ate My Neighbors. Now in December, we're going to be rolling in with Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. Nice. So it's not just the Nintendo retro game. It is not. It was for a while, it sounded like. (laughs) Yeah, it... Uh, you know, but then I was trying to get, you know, your guys group in like, hey, let's get a little bit more diversity. And I had posted, you know, Genesis games ever since the beginning. You know, you can go back and look, but people just weren't voting them in. <laughs> but now I think we've got a pretty good balance where it's it's kind of all over the place. Um, I think it's part of it was, I think uh, you had a lot of uh, guys from Two Dudes and NS that came over yeah, first. And then happen. I think we got some people from Genesis Gems and kind of split the the difference. And I don't think anyone's one thing or the other. Like Nick and I will be the first to say that <laughs> we, we both grew up. We're not going to ignore the fact that we grew up with a Super Nintendo at some point or an oh, NES. Sure. So, you know, there, I, we definitely believe that there's great games for, for all of these systems. And I think it's awesome that you have this club where you can kind of highlight games that people might have missed out on because they didn't necessarily grow up with that game or that system. Yeah, and that was the whole... Go pick it up. Yeah, that was the whole thought behind it. So the two dudes in a nest, um, you know, Justin and Michael, they actually helped me launch it with Strider. So they actually had me on their podcast uh, in January for, for Strider. So they really helped get the podcast off, or, or the, rather the group off, and kind of launch, you know, like 50 people right out of the gate. And we're actually at 199. We're one shy of 200 uh, at the moment. But... And, and just so you know, you don't have to be nice to them. This is the Genesis games. So. <laughs> and, I, and I always think of like the weirdest things, but it, there's something so weird about the first game you pick, which is Strider, which was a lot of games ended up on NES. It wasn't a straight arcade port. So like the, you know, Capcom went ahead and, and made their own thing for the NES. And what's weird is it's a Japanese developed game that never came out in Japan. <laughs> so just, just, just kind of, one of those bizarre things. Yeah, and and I honestly had never... Well, I mean, I played the NES version very little back in the day. However, never dove into it, never beat it. And I really enjoyed that game. I thought that was an awesome game to launch I, the, the group with. Yeah, I like I like the RPG elements. It's completely different from the Sega Genesis version or the Master System. So it's, it, I think it's a unique game in its own right. It, it reminds me more of... Uh, almost Metroid-ish gameplay and uh, just some of the mechanics, like ha- being able to wall jump a, yeah, a little yeah. ahead of its time. 
But that wall jump was annoying. I just love, I, I love the motion, the way he ran. There's something cool about the way Strider just kind of, I don't know. The oh, way yeah. He was ready to pull out a sword and crap. Really cool. Yeah, that, that wall jump almost felt broken half the time, you know. <laughs> and it was, it was kind of funny because in the group, you know, there's one section where you have to wall jump to continue yes. progress. And everybody's like, you know, we're stuck. What, what's going on? We can't figure it out. And it's like this epiphany moment where it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Right. So the wall jump works here. You know, after you've done it for your eighth attempt, you know, you actually can get it to stick. But <laughs> yeah, it was, and and it was, yeah, that, that's, that's part of the fun of the group. It's just, and this is something that I'd noticed. Uh, I had a similar experience with two dudes in a nest. I think it was in the high score group when we were like kind of, just talk about i think it was home alone at the time where we were trying different strategies and trying to figure out how to beat the game because it's just so so freaking hard <laughs> uh, that yeah it's 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 fun to meet new people in the group and just uh you know just thankful that you've put it together yeah. and that we've got these games to re-experience in a new way i guess as a community yeah. and it's real cool because like the I, I know the retro junkies community itself's not like as big as it used to be but it seems like these little groups have been spawning out with, with, between the gyms and the dudes and now we have groups like this and you know it, it, it's neat that i'll go through my friends list on facebook and just see there's like hundreds of people who i never knew before all these communities started so just having another outlet for that to go and and i, and I like what you're doing there steve because it's like there's really no podcast there's no pressure it's just like hey let's have a good time like you said a book club let's play this game let's you know, do that. So really cool what you're doing there. Really appreciate it, man. So good. Stuff. Yeah. Thank you. No, I really, I, I just had a, uh, an idea because I've got, you know, I collect video games and I've got a whole wall full of games, an enormous collection, relatively speaking anyways. And it's like, man, I don't ever play them nearly <laughs> as much as I should. And you know, that's why it's awesome. Like listening to two dudes and us, listen, you guys, it's like, all right, cool. Now I have a reason to pick up this game, play this game. But you know, I just really wanted to get it a group community of like, kind of uncommon obscure-ish type games like you know castlevania bloodlines how many people actually yeah. played that before this and it's a <laughs> castlevania game you know but to actually get it and play it and just the community around it i'm having a blast with this group and, and i'm glad you guys enjoy it you know thank you very much for the high praise oh yeah yeah well cool guys no probably wouldn't give that kind of praise to two dudes in a <laughs> nah, nah those guys are hosers <laughs> so <laughs> anyways Listeners, if you'd like to connect with us, if you haven't already done so, uh, you can find us on the web at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Join our Facebook group where most of the interaction happens at facebook.com slash group slash genesisgems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at gengems. We're on iTunes, Stitchers, all the other platforms. And we are part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. And also... If you would like to get more episodes, I believe we're on episode 17. There's even more content on this. Uh, we are on Patreon. Uh, you can check us out at uh, patreon.com slash Genesis Gems. And uh, at this point in the podcast, I'd like to say a big thank you to uh, our patrons. And what in the world happened to my link, y'all? Uh, hold on, guys. <laughs> I had a link right here. It was there. As uh, Google Chrome loads, I now see the name. So uh, big thanks to the patrons on the list here. Uh, first goes to our newest patron, James Walter. Big thanks to you, James. Uh, Joseph Garris. Jared Adams, uh, Kaylee Tkitch. Uh, Kaylee, please let me know if I'm saying your last name wrong, because I probably am. So uh, please let me know. <laughs> Geek Pollution, Timothy McGowan, Tyler J. Uh, the next name I've apparently been pronouncing wrong since they've been a donor. Um, a donor, that sounds weird. A patron. Um, 
this and they actually sent a message here uh it says hey guys just a quick message to give you a tip on properly pronouncing my last name uh just pronounce it as jiru if you can remove the d from the g sound that g usually entails that would be perfect but in any case do not worry i will survive even if you mangle it completely keep up the great work guys and that comes from Laurent jiru i think i was saying garad uh previous episodes but big thanks to you uh thanks to michael hayes chris fox otter gregerson jim jones jim Brandon Petty, NZ17. I was also saying that 17, so big apology there. So NZ17. Chad Clark, Rob, Martin Cook, Andrew Coed, Stephen. Also big thanks to Jonathan Henderson, Gabe Van Gilder, Ian McGarry, Classic Gaming Quarterly, Cutta, Bastian Nocera, Barnaby Jones, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Retro Blist, Andy Layton, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael. Thank you all for being a gem. All right, so let's go right on to our next segment of the show here, and this is Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and start because I've got quite a bit to talk about, and I'm just going to knock it yep. out of the park right now. Um, it's really weird, even what I'm doing right now with... Um, Modern gaming, I'd say it's been relatively all Sega. Uh, so want to talk real quick. Uh, I mentioned before the show started, I had my wisdom teeth removed last Friday, and uh, right before I went in, I, I knew I was going to be sitting in my chair a lot, uh, you know, maybe in pain or kind of <laughs> half out of it because of the uh, pain meds I was going to be on. But I knew I needed a game to play that was kind of slow paced, uh, something I didn't have to really be, you know, high intense with. So I went to GameStop uh, probably a Wednesday. And I saw, and I've been meaning to get this since it came out, the uh, Shinmu 1 and 2 uh, re-released. I don't know if they're really HD re-releases, but for PS4. And uh, <laughs> I got that game, and I started it up Friday evening when I got back from my surgery. And by Sunday evening, I had already platinumed it on the PlayStation. <laughs> so uh, very excited that happened. I haven't played the second one yet. Um, so guys, be ready for a... Patreon episode, I will be covering that one way or another. I'm trying to find someone who else has also played it within our community. <laughs> I may be doing it solo, because apparently I'm the only Shinmu fan in the world, but uh, I was real uh, happy. I enjoy them. I just, I haven't spent more than about an hour on the first game and about 30 minutes on the second. Oh, so. man. Um, I'd really love to play it. I just wish it would drop on the Switch. Me too. If they did, yeah, that would be <laughs> amazing. Too. But, um... Real happy with this collection. I bought it used, which is always kind of a uh, gamble, but I got a real cool poster with it. I'm going to be framing soon because I love Shinmu. It's one of my favorite games of all time. So very excited about that. Uh, you know, Shinmu 3 is coming out, uh, I believe they said August of 2019. So that's not too far away. We'll see if that date sticks. But uh, real excited about the whole thing. And then right after I got done playing that, I finally picked up and went back to Yak- Yakuza 0. And I've been playing the crap out of that game. Uh, again, another future Patreon episode. I know Land- Landon Long's been playing that, so we're going to get the return of Landon on the show soon. So that's why you guys should be spending at least a dollar a month to go check that out. And uh, yeah, so that's awesome. I know Aaron kind of recommended that and kept telling me, if you like Shinmu, you're going to love Yakuza. Yes. Yakuza. So very excited about that. I've already got uh, the uh, next one. I believe it's the Kiwami or however you say that. It's in my cart ready to buy as soon as I <laughs> beat this one. So I'm going to try to get through that whole series. And then also, uh, this isn't really a Sega game right now, but it derived from a Sega series. I've been, uh, of course, playing NBA 2K19 on my Switch. Picked that up on Cyber Monday for pretty cheap, uh, the digital copy. I'm always playing the basketball games. So. Yeah, it's fun. And then uh, real quick, one modern game I've been playing that... uh. <laughs> highly disappointed in um 
Uh, so I bought Fallout 76. And I think I mentioned that on the last show, maybe. And um, thought I was really going to enjoy it. I was enjoying it for the first few weeks, I'd say, or first few days. Um, the, the thing about this game, it's actually in my home state, my hometown. Like, I'm, I'm actually going to my hometown and looking at stuff and going to all these sites and monuments I've been to, you know, over the, <laughs> my childhood. And, uh, it, it, it's a Fallout game, but it's not as good as other Fallout games. It's, it has this online aspect that just kind of sucks, to be honest with you. It's very empty. And when you do run into people, you just kind of go and loot with, with them. And there's really no, Good storylines, no good NPCs. I'm actually getting ready to trade this back in because I don't like it that much. And I've loved every wow. Fallout game that's come out since Fallout 3. So very disappointed in that. So if you guys uh, take that with a grain of salt, um, I know a lot of my friends who love Fallout as well are taking their copies back. So it's not, not quite my cup of tea. I was very disappointed in that. I even bought like the freaking $70 version. So not, not excited. Well, <laughs> sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it could improve over time kind of like destiny does yeah and I'm, and I'm just, it works at it a bit and i'm just not much of an online gamer either i just i don't play destiny i don't do call of duty anymore and i'm just i don't know i wasn't feeling it it's getting awful ratings as well so maybe i'm i know i'm not the only one that feels this way but anyways how about you guys uh shoot for me i mean i already mentioned it but uh <laughs> My my album is on cassette now, guys, so if you want to pick that up, it does have plenty of Sega Genesis tunes on it. Uh, otherwise, I have been playing a lot of Zombies Ate My Neighbors on my Sega Genesis, and a lot of... I'm trying to think, that's the main game I've been playing. <laughs> I've just been straight up addicted to that game. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't played many other Sega Genesis games or Sega-related things. But, um, you know, that's honestly about it for me since we last spoke. So, nothing too excited Sega-wise for me. Yeah, that, uh, that is the game of the month for November. <laughs> was the game of the month for the uh, Retro Video Game of the Month Club or Retro Gaming Monthly. Um, so, I played a lot of that myself, actually. I realized how terrible I am at that game. <laughs> uh very, very bad. I've also been playing some um, Forza Horizon 4 on the new systems, and I just picked up Red Dead Redemption 2, have it installed, Ooh. haven't played a single minute of it. <laughs> so, I've just been uh, I'm still in the first, on time. or the second one in the series, I guess. The, the first Red Dead Redemption. And I haven't finished that game yet. <laughs> so oh, really? It's going to be a while until I get to uh, Part 2, so... <laughs> okay. Oh, and I've also started uh, Castle of Illusion, starring yeah. Mickey Mouse on the Sega Genesis, which is one for December uh, in the club. So that that game is also a lot harder than I was expecting. Yeah, and it, someone in the Gems group actually told me, uh, if I haven't played the Master System version, to go check out that one. And I think it's the Game Gear one also, because it's pretty different from the Sega Genesis version. Yeah, uh, didn't somebody even say that it was better? Yeah, which I was like, wow, wow okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Yeah, there, there's some differences I could definitely tell. I mean, it's almost like they use the same design template. And I think Mickey's, the animation's pretty similar. But yeah, playing it, it was, it was different. It was good, though. It was a good game from what I played so far. Very cool. Yeah, I agree. 
And you know, we we did cover that game. If you wouldn't care, I'd I'd probably post a link on there. Just rem- I'm I, I can do it. I can post a link and remind the your uh, Facebook peeps that we did a show on that. Yeah, I actually have it queued. Oh, cool, um, cool. For coming up here in the month. Okay. So yeah, and, I went back I was, through to to check that. Yeah. Sweet. And I was also thinking about doing one of those uh, let's play videos with my youngest son because he loves that game. So. Oh, nice. And I I don't I can't remember if I did that or not when we released that episode. So I'll do it again anyways because he my my youngest is six. He loves playing retro games with me. So and uh, we we play that one particularly because it's kind of where there's not like a dash button or anything. It's kind of easier for him. So. Yeah, definitely. If you do that, please post it in the yeah, group. Absolutely. You know, love that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, let's go on to the next segment. And uh, this is Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. And he will answer them if he wants. So, listeners, we pose a question in our Facebook group, if you probably already know this, if you've been listening for a while, uh, where we ask this uh, gentleman that's on this show, named Aaron, uh, some very, very interesting questions. Uh, so <laughs> let's uh, open that up and let's go ask the first question here. Let's see. There's a picture of him looking like Bomberman, and he cr- crosses <laughs> out Bomber and writes Hick, because his last name's Hickman. That's, that's clever. <laughs> I think that was, that was uh, one of our friends of the show, uh, Evan Nixon. He, oh yeah, a, a designer. Yeah, Man, he does he, some cool he, stuff. <laughs> he does, and he, and he'll he's done stuff for like Toe Jam and Earl and Earthburn Jim, and he did something recently for Bubsy, I think. Where yeah, <laughs> I, think he I saw got that. Banned by the Bubsy Twitter because <laughs> he like made a mock up. He makes mock ups, and he made a mock up of a punching bag, and it had Bubsy on it, and and it was supposed to like shout Bubsy catchphrases as at you as you punched it, which I thought was pretty clever. But That's I guess awesome. the Bubsy Bubsy Twitter didn't like that, so they <laughs> they banned Where's their it. sense of humor? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a game that you should cover though. That I I'd be interested in, in people's thoughts on, on Bubsy on the Retro Game of the Month Club or the Retro Gaming Monthly. Okay. Yeah, I don't think that's been a suggestion yet, so I will add it to the list. Or if you want to throw it on our, uh, I might if I if I'm feeling mean, but <laughs> the Not first a good one game? Is that. So the the first one is is halfway decent. It's it's sort of diminishing returns the further you go in the series, is what I'd okay. say. The second one's worse. The third one is one of the worst games of all time. That sort of thing. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah, where it's like anyone who's ever played Bubsy 3D on a PlayStation will attest to the fact that it's not a good game. Ah, gotcha. All right, yeah, I don't know much about that at all, obviously, but... Oh, then it would be a perfect game uh, (laughs) for you to enjoy. Uh, I'll, I'll think about that, but sorry, go ahead, Nick. All right. All right, well, your first question comes from Chris Murray, and Chris asks, who is your Smash main... Oh, my Smash main. I love uh, how that's become like the, the verbiage for that. Who's your main? <laughs> I should say like Sonic the Hedgehog, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, he's all right. I use him sometimes. He's a little no, slow, it, though, I think. I haven't... Honestly, guys, I haven't played a Smash, Brother, a Smash Brothers game since uh, Brawl on oh, wow. the Wii. So, it's been a while. So, 
I can only remember characters from that game. <laughs> I've never played the Wii U, 3DS, or the uh, new one coming out, of course, uh, that's already leaked. So, but, um, yeah, I, I would say I, I remember liking, uh, Fal- was it, I remember liking Captain Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> yes, Captain Falcon from F-Zero. I like him. <laughs> I like uh, Fox McCloud. I liked playing as Mega Man and Link. Those are kind of my my favorites off the top of my head. I don't remember if they're good compared to other characters, but those are the ones I like. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a I'm partial to Link. Like I like really like Toon Link in the latest one. So we'll see. Now they got the Breath of the Wild. Link, which is going I like the, the, that they included characters from like Earthbound. I like that. Yeah, what normal? Be? And I remember when that happened, everyone's like, "Ooh, another Earthbound game's coming out," and never happened. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, you, Charlie. No, you'd Earth. think like the the hype behind that game, you know, that they it'd be an easy cash cow for them. Yeah. I mean, they they finally did Earthbound Beginnings, which was, oh look, we've had this prototype sitting around for about thirty years. <laughs> Let's finally release it. You know, it was already in English. Yeah. So good on you, Nintendo, for doing that. But no Earthbound three. What a shame. Anyways, go ahead. Nick. All right, this next one's quite comical. Um, oh no, no, that's the that's the second, the next one. <laughs> Sean Robertson asks, number one, what's cooler, Probotector or Contra? Oh, Contra by far. Nice. I mean, wouldn't you rather like see oiled up? muscly dudes than like faceless robots come on i mean you look at like the contra (laughs) cover and it pretty much looks like stallone and schwarzenegger i think that's the game i'd rather play it's a pretty easy choice so if if, if you guys don't know pro protector in europe for some reason the the console versions of contra uh the the computer games were called Grizer. And then when they came to console like NES and Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, they called them Pro Protector because I guess uh, there were some pretty strict rules against the, the level of violence, I guess. And also the fact that the name of the game was Contra, which was kind of a no-no word in the Thatcher administration over in the UK. So... Away it went, and so it got replaced. If you ever see Pro Protector on the NES in Europe, or Super Pro Protector, it's just these generic. I mean, they look pretty decent, but Konami had to redesign the game to be kind of a generic uh, mech suit type game. But man, yeah. <laughs> there you go. In a nutshell, ask Aaron. <laughs> All right. That was awesome. You get yeah. to know more right. than you want. That's right. <laughs> and of course, uh, Sean has a second parter. Yeah. Uh, says, uh, which video game or computer museums and conventions have the individual gems been to either professionally or for leisure? Oh, okay. Well, there was that one time that Nick and I were both at yeah. the Lexington Comic Con. which that was, was great, fun. Along with some other retro gaming luminaries from the retro junkies yeah uh, that was a heck of a weekend i got to yeah, reason to do that again <laughs> it's too bad that our co-host well sometimes co-host josh witt 
uh, was sick that weekend. Oh, but that poor that's guy. Okay. He, he got better, guys. Yeah. That's what happens when you eat too much but, White uh, Castle, right? <laughs> yes. But besides that, um, you know, I've been to retro gaming-wise. I, I count MAGFest because they do have a huge retro gaming component. When you go over to the arcade space and the console space, and then going to Demo Splash recently, which I told you guys about. Yeah. And then uh, also PAX East. You know, it's it's more modern and indie gaming, but there the few times I've been to PAX events, there's always some sort of retro gaming component or at least retro gaming shops. And then, you know, if you go to the concerts, all the music is, you know, if, if it's a video game cover band, they're going to be covering a lot of music from your childhood. So <laughs> it's going to happen. But besides that, like dedicated stuff, there, there's something here in Texas that I keep kicking myself that I haven't been to it yet. Like there's a pinball convention that happens, which is amazing. I love pinball. And then there's, uh, there's a retro video game deal that happens. And there's a few of them around the country that I want to go to at some point. I just, like you guys on the show, I, I have kids. I have a family so that kind of makes some of these things harder to do but if i can plan it i might make it what about you guys maybe i can turn it over to to nick and steve yeah the the only other one i've been to other than what you just mentioned with uh the uh, lexington one uh there's one actually in louisville kentucky i've been to uh twice and I, I can't honestly can't remember the name of it i guess it's like probably louisville comic expo or something that's a really good one i've met a lot of uh I'm not so much a professional wrestling fan now, but I was back in the 90s and early 2000s, and it seems like there's always those wrestlers who are kind of washed up there, and I've met a lot of those guys. <laughs> That's been kind of fun. And it's funny that that question was posed because my wife and I were just looking at a photo album from 2015 when we went down there, and um, I took a lot of pictures with some cosplayers, and one of my favorite cosplayers ever uh, did a King Hippo from the NES uh, Punch-Out game, and he... <laughs> I mean, he just, he's about my size, had a big gut and had the tape across his uh, belly button, had the big black guy, uh, bad guys under his, it was great. But this guy went, he went completely out and he randomly found a uh, Little Mac cosplayer and they kind of got together and walked around. It was really cool. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So I don't know if they planned that or not, but that was really neat. But the, other than that, there's a little um, retro gaming convention uh, in Huntington, West Virginia, which is where I work. It's about 30 minutes from where I live. And uh, it's ran by a local uh, retro game shop, and I've been there three or four times. And I always feel really bad because they have it on the same weekend as my anniversary with my wife. It's always the uh, last weekend in August, and I always only get to go like one day. Um, and I've talked to the guy that runs it three or four times, and yeah, I, I think he's listened to the podcast a few times. Told him I would love to set up some kind of a table or do some live podcasting or something just to kind of you know support the event and and every time he he gets a hold of me i'm like dude i can only come like for three hours on this one day because it's my anniversary weekend <laughs> so, <laughs> so one maybe one day when he changes the date we can make that work but uh yeah other than that i've just just those few nice very cool 
Uh, I've been to, so in the Cleveland area, Cleveland, Ohio is the area that I'm from, um, there's a video game connection and they run a, an event every year and it started out in this little VFW hall and it's now grown into a fairly large like soccer sports complex area and it's like pretty much mostly vendor tables, some free play arcade machines and stuff and it's just, it's awesome to see how that's grown, um, you know, got some really sweet deals uh, out of there. Also, been to the uh, the Pittsburgh Retro Gaming Convention. Um, oh yeah, I've heard of that and, one. Yeah, and that, it, that was really cool too. It's in uh, a little hotel, and they had some tournaments and stuff. I got second place overall this, this past year for uh, uh, the 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 new Mario Kart Deluxe. Um, you know, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe tournament. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, I was just in Pittsburgh. That's oh, where you really? Demo Splash was, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, about a month ago. Uh, yeah, and then the one that I'm going to next will be in March, the first weekend in March down in Louisville, and it is for a pinball and retro arcade oh. you know, video game convention. Yeah, someone told me about that. We were actually thinking about going there. That's awesome. Really? I, if you do, that'd be awesome because yeah. it's actually, um, so from the two dudes in an S, I got introduced to Nerdy Thursday, which is another podcast. Then introduced to Tad Pog, which is another, you know, and it's like this rabbit hole of podcasts. But <laughs> there's there's uh, several podcast groups going to this, and they call it Tad Pog Prom. And they like this past no, year, wait. that's awesome. It, yeah, in 2017, they ended up getting basically an entire courtyard in this thing, all of the rooms surrounding it, and some of the second floor and stuff. And it was just almost, I would say, it's probably a 20 hour a day, 20 two hour a day um, event where like everybody's in and out of the rooms, constant tournaments. I think there was probably 50 or 60 people that showed up last year. Um, part of the group. Um, and it was just phenomenal. So if, if you guys get a chance to go down there, um, you know, the, it, it would just be an awesome time. I know you're a little bit farther in uh, Texas, but um, yeah, if you're thinking about going, that'd be great. Cause I'll be there. And I don't know if you know, uh, Sean from nerdy Thursday. Yeah, I've podcast you know. with Sean before. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it uh, I think it would work out really well. Do you know what, what the dates it. are for that? Uh, let me double check. It's the first weekend in March. I actually took vacation time That's, to be okay. able to go down there. Okay. And my wife's coming with me this year. Well, I, uh, I, I, I t- okay, I, I know exactly because I follow you on Facebook. I was telling my wife, I said, let's let's take the kids to one of these. They would love this. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I was just talking about that one in particular. So I'll, yep, I'll, I'll let uh, you know. February 20 well technically it's march 1st through 3rd however the group is kind of coming down on the 28th and then kind of going out as a group together that thursday okay having dinner and and actually i'm gonna go down on the 27th with my wife so the last time i was down there was my first time in louisville and i didn't go out or do anything so i'm gonna (laughs) go down there on the 27th with my wife we're gonna go explore the city have dinner you know kind of do that whole thing 28th spend it you know, with the group who came in and then hang out for the rest of the weekend at the convention. So I'm, I'm yeah. pumped for this event. Okay. You know, it well, was so much fun last year. If, if, if I do that, and if you don't care for me invading, I may uh, <laughs> chat you guys up and see what's going on. Oh, more the merrier by all means. Yeah. That'd be awesome for sure. Cool. And uh, I, I think my dog is like the new, you know, how the dude, the two dudes in the S have the train. <laughs> I think that's my dog now. We're, I, I've mentioned this a few times. We're, we're house hunting now. So eventually I'll have a better little, uh, area where a dog's not barking all the time, but my uh, my makeshift studio is in the middle of the living room right now. So. 
Anyways, let's go on to the next Ask Aaron question while my dog is calming down. Uh, I love this question, by the way, Aaron. We talked a little bit about it before. Um, Joshua would ask, who was the old guy from the Mighty Ducks that sharpened the skates? And what was his famous breakfast dish? <laughs> I, I fully admit that I had forgotten his name and I had to ask Nick. I'm like, Nick, I need to call an audible on this one because I was like, I've seen this movie. <clears throat> I've seen it way too much. life of me. <laughs> remember his name and it's it's hans yep you remember i his, can't recall you remember his breakfast dish breakfast dish i can't talk <laughs> <laughs> no i cannot recall it's uh jan's hassen pfeffer and eggs <laughs> fantastic how yeah. did you remember that well because you know gordon bombay and uh charlie conway said it together in unison so <laughs> oh that's right that makes sense yeah i've watched those movies way too much I think we actually covered that on NES podcast one time. Ryan and I did. Yeah, we did. Seeing D two. Yeah. It was too cool to have the whole name spelled out. Yeah, and it was, it was a kids movie that spawned an actual hockey team. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, which is crazy. The Anaheim Ducks, right? That's right. That's right. Very cool. All right, let's go to the next one here. We have Josh Diekman says, "Which Genesis Sonic game is your least favorite, and why?" Oh, Wacky Worlds. Wacky Worlds. It's not much of a game. It's more like a <laughs> silly kids thing. No, I mean, it's it's okay, but even as a kid's title, it's kind of boring. I, I think they could have done a better job. If we're talking, like, mainline Sonic games? I don't know. Sonic, like, uh, Sonic 1 through 3? I'd say Sonic 1 uh, has probably aged the worst out of those yeah it's still fun but it's just not as fun to me yeah well and and to that point if you guys want to play a cooler version of sonic one check out the release on a switch uh, where m2 did the emulation and they added the spin dash and the jump spin and all that stuff yeah, real, real cool. don't don't play the terrible game boy advance port though it's one of the worst ports of the game you can i don't think i've tried play. that one <laughs> yeah. yeah oh either. Don't do it. I mean, <laughs> I kind of want to go do it now. <laughs> yeah, they they added slowdown to the game. They added slowdown. Which <laughs> you're going too fast, Sonic. You need to slow down. Yeah, I mean, whatever the opposite of blast processing is, it's <laughs> that's what Nintendo? that game had. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, and the music was off, and it was just. Ugh. Do you know which version that they added for the uh, the Sega Classics Collection that's coming out? on the switch here soon. And I think it's already released on the uh, Xbox one and the PS4. I would imagine it's some sort of Genesis emulation, I'm not but sure. I don't Was know it? that they would, the one that Nick mentioned, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure if that group did that one or not. I, I hear it's a good, you know, I hear that a uh, collection is really good. I'm looking forward to it, but yeah, I'm not sure. All right. Next question comes from Antonio Sanchez says, have you played Bomberman Adventure on GBC or the recent Bomberman R? Oh, um, so I remember, uh, let's dial this back here. I remember one Christmas getting, I think it was Bomberman Blue Max or something. What was it? I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was a Game Boy Color game, and it was a Bomberman game. What was it? Oh, yeah. It was called Bomberman Max. I don't know if it was Bomberman Adventures, but I had Bomberman Max on the Game Boy Color, which was fun, 
But my parents got my brother Dragon Warrior 1 and 2 <laughs> on the Game Boy Color at the same time. and I, or, or someone did. I, I can't remember who it was. But I just remember thinking, that's what I really wanted, you know? <laughs> And here I'm playing Bomberman game, which, you know, I'm playing it single player. And it's, it's, it's all right for a while. And then you're like, I'd rather play this multiplayer. <laughs> and I'd really rather play this other game because it's two games for the price of one. Anyway, to your point, I guess the answer is no. I haven't played. <laughs> it, it was something, what, he said Bomberman Adventures? No, I have not. I've not played anything recent Bomberman-wise in since uh, I guess the PS3 version is the only more recent Bomberman thing I've played. All is that right. the question? Yeah, have you, pl- Bomber- have you played Bomberman Adventure on Game Boy Color or the recent Bomberman R? Oh, I have played Bomberman R. I forgot. I was at my buddy's place, and he had Bomberman R, and it was pretty good. I don't know if I was a huge fan of the perspective, Yeah, but uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad game. I like the extra stuff they, they threw into it and the DLC. So, yeah. It's pretty decent. Cool. Next question comes from Richard Smith. Richard says, I've been playing the Terminator Genesis tie-in game recently, which has an awesome soundtrack. Which movie, TV, cartoon tie-in game is your favorite and why? Also, which one has the best soundtrack? Batman NES, by far. Oh, wow. It's. I think it's the, the standard bearer as far as 8-bit goes, music-wise, and probably gameplay. Um, as you go into 16-bit, Terminator, the arcade game, Not don't talk to me about Terminator, the side-scroller, because that's terrible. The arcade <laughs> game, you know, that was great. We had the Menacer. It was a good, good conversion of the arcade game. Um, I'm trying to remember... A lot of other halfway decent ones. True Lies, which I think I pitched as a game to Steve uh, <laughs> to, to possibly cover. That, that's actually a really solid uh, movie tie-in game. And then, of course, everyone's favorite, GoldenEye, which doesn't oh, yeah. hold up quite as well uh, nowadays, but it still holds a special place yeah. in my heart. I mean, like, and, yeah, and, and so many people like me, I was never a James Bond fan, and that, that game was awesome. Music, game, everything about it. So That so. made me more of a James Bond fan, to be honest, was was just, I think, how much fun I had playing that game. Yeah. And then that kind of got me thinking, oh, there's all these James, James Bond movies I've kind of ignored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat with that. It actually kind of kicked me off into a little mini obsession with James Bond. Uh, you know, based just from that GoldenEye game. Because I had played the game, never seen the movie, then watched the movie, and then just like went down this deep rabbit hole and, you know, read a couple of the books. And it, uh, yeah, still, still a major fan. Ian Fleming. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yep. Did you know the first, <laughs> more random <laughs> trivia, the first James Bond movie that hit the U.S., he was called Jimmy Bond, and it was a parody. Jimmy Bond. It was Casino Royale, and it wasn't a serious Bond movie because in America at the time, movie producers did not take James Bond seriously. So he was more of a caricature. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh, heard of that. However, I've never seen it. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. I just read about it, and I thought it was just bizarre that this iconic franchise that's had so many geez at least 30 movies 
it's had so many movies that the first one that came out here was just kind of a total parody of the whole thing. Yeah, that is so, pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. Doctor No is a is a classic. You know, the the actual first real one. Oh yeah, and that's would I guess the first. I, I don't remember how many were, were with Sean Connery, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And then I think in the game itself, in GoldenEye, they dummied it out, but they originally intended for you to be able to play as the different versions of Bond. So, yeah, isn't there a cheat code that unlocks them? I like believe different? so. Yeah, I think yeah, there's a I cheat code, correctly. and there's even a cheat code that lets you play old British microcomputer games <laughs> because someone coded an emulator for the ZX Spectrum on there with 15 rare games. Oh, yeah. they had made. But I don't think you can access that through a 64. You have to do it like through computer emulation, right? To actually get that? Uh, you know what? I can't remember. I thought there was some way to get it via code, but okay. you might be right. Because I know they were, they were dummied out and you had to get them a special way. Just one of those weird things where it's like, oh, here's a game. And then here's like a whole emulator they included <laughs> inside the, the game. It's just one of those really bizarre things. Yeah. One of those other rabbit holes we could go down. Um, so as far as movie-based games past the, oh, you got 60, 64-bit era, 32-bit. It's all about Die Hard Trilogy, my friends. Oh, gosh. That is the gold standard. It hasn't. It, it probably hasn't held up all that well today. No, it but hasn't. For my money at the time, it was like you got Virtual Cop, you got some like crazy taxi, and you got some, uh, you know, run and gun third person action, uh, all rolled into one game. You got three games for the price of one, which you know I'm all I'm all about. I'm all about. Uh, I'm all about that. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> about variety. So I appreciated that when it when it came out. I think some developer tried to make a sequel to that, and it didn't turn out so great. So, but yeah, Die Hard trilogy. I'm a big fan of most Die Hard games, and and hey, Sega put out Die Hard Arcade. So bless them. <laughs> That's another good one. That's all right. So next question. It's like you you even compared a few of those games to Sega games, so I guess that brings it back in. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I try. <laughs> oh, Richard also asked, why is it that Genesis does what Nintendo don't? Oh, is that blast processing, brother? Yeah, yeah, brother. <laughs> brother. Let me tell you something, we need to land in Hawkster Drop there. All right, Gabe Van Gilder says, hi, Aaron. Will we ever get a <laughs> Will we ever get a sequel to Landstalker? You know what we did. Yeah, well, we man. did. Japan did. <laughs> Japan had a game called Lady Stalker, which is a very interesting name. Uh, which is no wonder <laughs> it didn't come out here. But it was released in the Super <laughs> Famicom. <laughs> yes, I don't know why. I, just, I don't know why I just put that together. I, I kind of giggled and then I thought, oh, I see why. <laughs> Landstalker Jeez. doesn't sound so bad, but then when you call it a lady stalker because it stars a lady, oh. uh, it just makes it a little weirder. So Climax would, would make Landstalker, and then they put Lady Stalker, which has the same similar uh, three-quarter perspective. Um, someone is still working. There, there's a 
fan translation group still working on a translation for that. It's making progress, so I'm hoping that'll come out soon because I have really wanted to play it. So I think that's the most direct game. And then there was also a game for the Sega Saturn, which I'm trying to remember what... It's going to come to me. (sighs) What was it? Someone... Oh, Dark Savior. There we go. Dark Savior. So Dark Savior is one that came out for the Saturn, which was kind of a spiritual successor to Landstalker. I think the gameplay was a little bit different, if I remember right. Um, I have vague memories of playing it. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as Landstalker. If you haven't played Landstalker, play Landstalker. It's, it's great. Yeah. I think the only other... The yeah, Landstalker, it's kind of like a three-quarter perspective Legend of Zelda type game is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, with with an emphasis on puzzles and some action platforming and jumping around a lot and and hitting metal slimes with your sword. (laughs) Nice. And collecting, you know, like the, the item upgrades you collect are a little, a little bit like Zelda, so yeah, it, it's it's similar and great, great music. Same composer that that worked on Shining Force. Yeah, cool. I'll never forget them. And like during my emulation early days in the '90s, when I was really uh, experiencing the the Genesis library, I remember googling or whatever it was at the time. Ask Jeeves, um, you know, what's a good Genesis game like Zelda? And that game popped up, and of course, I downloaded it and played the crap out of it. So. Yeah, <laughs> nice, cool. So there was a remake of Landstalker planned, I think, for the PSP that never got very far. Oh, wow. Is that right? Yeah. And then there was also a game on the Dreamcast called, I think it was Time Stalkers or Climax Landers. Time Stalkers is like a fighting game, isn't it? (laughs) Um, No, I mean, the one I'm I'm thinking of on Dreamcast... I thought it was yeah. It's it's time stalker. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So time stalkers is kind of more like uh, it has some like roguelike gameplay in it, but it it has throwbacks and references to I think Landstalker and some other properties that Climax had worked on. Uh, so it's it's worth checking out. It's it's one I would be interested in covering on like a patreon episode that would be cool yeah. but yeah so that's that's about what i can remember about Landstalker and its associated <laughs> games there's never been like a direct sequel which i'm with you that would be really cool something like the switch i think that would be the perfect platform for that yeah it's awesome cool next question comes from andrew coed andrew says dogs or cats Ooh. Why not both? Remember that Nickelodeon <laughs> show? Cat dog? Cat dog. <laughs> yeah. I grew up with both. I'm oh, uh, I'm no respecter of I don't know. I I can go either way is what I feel like. I think cats I've probably had more cats in my life than dogs, but I like both. I think they can both be cool animals and they can both be you know, you, you can have good pets and bad pets. It just depends. 
there have been instances where where dogs will ruin your stuff and cats too. Cats will chew chew up your cords and dogs will eat anything. So <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. <laughs> I honestly I haven't had a pet since I was married. Uh, but that was more because we lived with my mother-in-law for a time and she was like the cat lady and she had like nine cats and four dogs. And I think we were outnumbered quite a bit. Oh, geez. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hesitant until I'm actually in a house again to get a pet. I don't want to pay a pet deposit at this apartment. Yeah. Yeah. They stink. All right. Next good one. question. Yeah, it was a good question. I mean, we could compare like dog and cat games on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> and that would be interesting because you've got Green Dog, which isn't actually about a dog. You've got like Garfield caught in the axe, I guess. Oh, there's Garfield uh, games. You've got the Chester Cheetah games. Oh, yeah. There's something like, yeah, cat, got, cat games aren't, aren't good, are they? Yeah, you've you got like uh, Pink, uh, what, whatchamacallit. Pink Panther. Pink Panther, yeah. Goes to Hollywood. Not too many dog games. Uh, I think the best animal game is probably about an earthworm, right? No, I'm kidding. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Timmy Mack. Timmy says, what's your favorite coin-op title from Williams? Also, is there a home version and how does it compare? Yes. So, it's crazy as I was just playing this. I think my favorite is Robotron. 2084 which is by by eugene jarvis there is a home version you can play on the sega genesis yes there actually, is <laughs> and it's in the williams arcade collection uh, unfortunately the atari collection didn't come out but the william collection did come out on the sega genesis and it's pretty good especially if you have a six button joypad uh controller you can play robotron sort of the way you should play it which is you know you want to have four directions of movement with your left and right thumb. So that's the way to play it. And, and Robotron is just one of those fast, frenetic games that I can play over and over again. And, and it sort of, it's crazy because it ties into Zombies Ate My Neighbors a bit because you're running around rescuing the hostages on the screen. It's sort of like a single screen game where you run around blowing up robots that are trying to take over the world. And then you're trying to rescue the last of humanity. It's one of those kind of like doomsday Cold War scenarios. <laughs> and so you're trying to rescue the, the last vestiges of humanity. And, and it's a super fun game that still holds up to me. So in terms of that, I think second place would probably be mm, Defender or Sinistar. I don't know. Depends on the day of the week, I guess. <laughs> All right. Next question comes from Ian McGarry. It says, "What show from your youth would you have made a great? What show from your youth would have made a great Genesis game?" Street Sharks. Street Sharks. Street Wait, Sharks. Were those hey. the ones with the rollerblades? <laughs> I can't remember. There I were sharks with rollerblades. Like, I had toys when I was a kid. I can't they were just like Ninja Turtle knockoffs. Yeah, yeah, everything was. And they just had like these really obnoxious shark sayings. Uh, it was back in the 90s when everybody wanted to be cool. I thought Skeleton Crew would have also made a great Sega Genesis game. Uh, or was it Skeleton Crew? There was a game called Skeleton Crew 
But there's also a cartoon that I thought was called Skeleton Crew. Hmm. I don't know. I can't remember though, because it was there was one that was released on PlayStation and Saturn. I don't know. That I want to say was called Skeleton Crew. But anything in in the sort of I would have loved like an X-Men game based off animated series on the Sega Genesis. I really enjoy well, especially the second X-Men game on the Sega Genesis. But I thought the first one, because it came out right around the same time, I thought that they could have based it more around the uh, the animated cartoon, some yeah. of those storylines. I'm trying to think what else, because there were a lot of games that did make it into video games, like Animaniacs and Looney Tunes. or um, Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes, <laughs> yeah. Those games. There, there were plenty of Tiny Tunes games. Um, but on the Sega Genesis, yeah, a lot of games had potential, but yeah, I guess I'm just going to stick with the the ones I've, I've sort of mentioned so far. Sweet. And then, uh, he also posted a, uh, gif of the guys from night at the Roxbury, like pixelated doing the, uh, what is love dance. So there you go. Nice. Didn't ask the question. Just, I think you just threw that out there. All right, Jonathan. So, um, oh, real, real quick. I think I remembered the name of the show I was thinking of, which was with Skeleton Wars. Huh. Yeah, I, I could have sworn that was turned into a video game. Yeah, Skeleton Warriors. That's what it was. It was on the PlayStation and Saturn. I've never and heard of that. And then the only other game that came to my mind was one of those giant robot mecha <laughs> you know like Japanese animated cartoons and that was uh, Ronin Warriors I don't know if you guys remember that but I do not. it would come on Fox and it was like my favorite show for a summer <laughs> I don't remember much <laughs> about it after that it was like this one summer in like 1995 or 96 where it was, I was just all about Ronin Warriors so that's, a, that's about it sorry <laughs> Go ahead, Nick. <laughs> um, this isn't really a question, uh, more of a statement, but uh, Jonathan Grindstaff says, y'all are so savage. So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Chris Vanderhoff asked, did it hurt your head when you put it into that helmet? Oh, you know what? I have no idea because it was Evan who put me in that helmet and not me. <laughs> but I imagine wearing a Bomberman helmet would be kind of painful. Yeah. I'm sure it'd be a lot comfortable. It'd be a lot less painful than taking a bomb off the head, right? Is that why? (laughs) Oh, jokes all day. Uh, (laughs) Nick DeMarco. Yeah, more. There's trust me. There, there are some good jokes coming up. Uh, Nick DeMarco says, "Why, Hickman? Why did you steal the soul of Bomberman?" Because someone needed to reclaim the soul of Bomberman. right hickman i like that <laughs> all right one last question yeah C- comes from uh, chris vanderhoff again uh says <laughs> chris says is know that guy oh chris 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 i'm sorry i forgot to thank you on the patreon so uh big thanks to chris vanderhoff for being a, a donor a donor <laughs> again for being a patron he donates through a different means so he's not on the official patreon list <laughs> so I always forget him so uh and he'll he'll remind me when i forget him too so uh, chris sorry maybe uh anyways chris asks in the jurassic park episode you said you were thankful for the 32x why is cosmic carnage always given bad reviews i think it's a great game oh 
I had Cosmic Carnage. It was a launch title on the 32X, and you know what? We enjoyed it, I think, when it first came out. But I think once you got past the the scaling, which is cool, it kind of reminded me of Samurai Showdown, the fighters in the game, from what I recall, they just weren't that unique. They were kind of a little average, I guess. It wasn't as crazy and out there as, as things like uh, you know, like Street Fighter or it just didn't play as well as those games. The, I don't remember the, the fighting combinations and the button combinations being quite as fluid. It felt like the game was a little rushed to me. But, you know, one man's opinion. <laughs> so maybe there are, hey, like yourself, maybe there are huge fans of Cosmic Carnage and I should just shut up. So I'm, I'm <laughs> that's a bad way to end your segment, Aaron. <laughs> but that was the last question <laughs> for Ask Aaron. <laughs> right. Until next time. I that's, will right. Shut up. that's right. That's <laughs> right. Stop talking. All right. Uh, right. Again, guys, someone needs to find that clip if you have that. Because I re-uploaded the episode, <laughs> removing that, and I deleted it from all existence on my computers. <laughs> all right. Well, let's do this next segment. Uh, hey, Aaron, game on. Game on, Nick. Hey, Steve, game on. Game on. Game on! Yeah, game on. Sega! All right, we're covering... You know, I forgot to say this in the beginning of the episode. Zombies Ate My Neighbors on the Genesis. So uh, I think all of us probably have pretty fond memories of this game. So let's uh, let's take it from there. What do you guys have for memories? Uh, I guess I can launch into mine. I think... <laughs> I can't remember, but I think we I can't played remember. this on Super. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it came out on Super Nintendo first. Yep. I think a year before, or at least six months before the Sega Genesis version did. So it was like 1993 or so, and I was the youngest of five kids. So at the time, I definitely wasn't working age, so I had to rely on my parents to bring home gifts or my older siblings to get games and i want to say that we ended up with the super nintendo version of zombies ate my neighbors sometime around 93 and i remember reading about it in video game magazines like egm game pro that that sort of thing and just being really excited for it and and i loved the the cover art i thought that was really neat because i was i don't know i was already a fan of, of cheesy horror and sci-fi movies by that point as a kid so if you've seen the cover sort of these black and white looking people uh and then kind of a crazy design on the front um and yeah it's like a lady who's kind of she's she's in shock and then there's like these black and white zombies off in the background and it kind of reminds me a little bit of like Night of the Living Dead, that sort of thing. And then there's kind of like a red swirly band thing. And just <laughs> a very unique name. And then you see Konami and you think, okay, it's Konami. It's got to be quality, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's one of those few games where Konami didn't actually develop it, It's it, which is interesting. It was you know, developed by LucasArts. 
But yeah, as a kid, I really enjoyed it. I don't think I ever got very far, but it was one of those things where you could... Your time in front of a video game console was limited, especially when you had four older siblings. So finding a game to play two-player was great because it was a co-op experience. So you can get through potentially all 55 levels of the game with your your brother as long as you don't kill each other so <laughs> it was it was good i i enjoyed it i remember liking uh, the the graphics and you look at the sega genesis version and almost everything is represented almost the same as the snes one there's a few minor differences that we'll probably get into but yeah, I've played it on both consoles. I played it on both as a kid, and I enjoyed it on both. That's, I guess, what I have to say. So what about you, Steve? Uh, so I actually had very limited exposure to this game when I was younger. Um, and I remember playing it. Don't think I got very far, but I don't remember it being all that hard. So I ended up actually getting this from uh, my dad, and he passed it down to me. And playing it now, unbelievably hard, and I really am terrible at it. But it's a ton of fun, and actually got to play it with him, you know, a long time ago. And then playing it again now with him, it was awesome. <laughs> and we didn't make it very far together either. But uh, that's that's pretty much my exposure to it. I've I've got very used to the first 10 levels many many times over and that's you know i got to the giant spiders for the first time and i don't know what my thing is but i cannot get past that but that, that's my memory behind it anyways yeah that's really cool about playing with your dad and stuff i think that's awesome um my memories i definitely played this on super nintendo first it was like aaron said it was one of those games that you saw on the shelf and you're like what on earth is this you couldn't ignore that title i mean i thought that was kind of ingenious because you didn't see a title like that or or even a cover art like that and and also like aaron said i saw the big konami on there and i was like man i love konami because one of my favorite games of all time was contra so i knew konami from a very early age and knew the quality that came behind that so uh you know, when, when I was a kid, I never put the LucasArts thing together, probably until about three or four years ago, uh, when I was diving into more of the old LucasArts games as well. So, uh, you know, very cool. I remember playing that two-player with my brother as a kid and uh, not getting very far as well. We, we were pretty bad at it. And, um, you know, we'll get more into the mechanics later, but I didn't even... Something about the Super Nintendo controllers, I rarely use those L and R buttons and never thought about even hitting them for some reason. And unless, you know, you're playing like Street Fighter, or, you know, you never use them in yeah. Super Mario because it just kind of pan the camera left and right and uh, use them in F Zero a little bit to kind of uh, drift. But uh, there's just a lot of games that didn't utilize those buttons too much. And uh, I, I honestly, I think I hit it by mistake once. I'm like, what the heck is this map thing? So that, <laughs> that, that was a very, very uh, uh, key thing <laughs> later on, especially when you're playing a yeah, Genesis version. Yeah, you do. You do the, the radar and Genesis version doesn't matter because it's off on yeah, the side yeah. of the screen at all times which i think is more of an advantage that yeah, even too. though there's more horizontal space you know the snes version uh has more horizontal room on the screen i think the genesis version is actually a little taller um in in, in viewable space and then uh yeah it does give you kind of a bar cutting off a little part of the screen but that means that it's not obscuring the play field, which I 
you know what? I think I, I like that. I like having the radar there at all times and not having to switch it out with the L and R button. Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd agree. I kind of wrote that down because um, we'll get into this a little later as well, but I watched uh, three or four videos on the comparisons between this and the SNES because for most of you who know this game know that uh, most people prefer the SNES version for a lot of reasons, and so I kind of wanted to get a little bit more into There's that. There's really not that much. It's crazy. The graphics are very similar between the games. There's really not too much. Um, I think it's just that flamethrower. Yeah, it's it's a flamethrower, and then there's a few things like when you uh, jump on trampolines. Uh, I think in the SNES version, you have to like hit the the teenager on the trampoline. Like you have to hit him exactly. In the Genesis version, you get on the trampoline and it just collects them right then and there. Um, and then yeah, just little little small details like the some of the sound effects being slightly different and the title screen being slightly different. And they're actually being blood when you die yeah. in the Genesis version, like a blood. Thing scrolling down the screen saying game over but yeah nothing nothing that uh i think other than maybe the flamethrower which does make the end game a little easier on the nes version um that i would say oh well you need to play this one i i would say that the music is better on the snes version i know that's sacrilege but <laughs> i can admit that because the the Genesis game is a conversion and and the original designers have said that that it was you know a port of the SNES game so the music wasn't made ground up for the Sega Genesis but even saying that it's still pretty decent um, but you can hear more of the instrumentation I would say in the SNES one that they were going for whereas it's a little more heavy on the the stock Sega Genesis sound uh, on on this version. But did you know, uh, Nick, that over in Europe they don't even call this "Zombies Ate My Neighbors"? Yeah, I read that. What was the title again? It's just zombies. That's what I thought. And it had something to do with the marketing over there. They didn't want to confuse people, so they yeah, said yeah. just call it zombies <laughs> and. They had they took umbrage with the, uh, I think it was the lawnmower wielding maniacs because they reminded people too much of Leatherface, and right? Leatherface <laughs> was yeah, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre was banned over in the UK, so they were like, nope. So they changed really? them to Lumberjacks. And I have played... I played a bit of the European version on my Sega Genesis. And it's funny because it makes the game... Because I'm playing it on American Sega Genesis, it makes the game slightly faster. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it makes the game run a little bit faster. It's, it, it's fun. But that's literally the only difference is <laughs> that it says zombies and that they've change a few of the names around and make more sense over there and like the all of the levels with chainsaws or lumberjacks <laughs> that's cool yeah, yeah the game's already pretty fast so for it to run even faster yeah it's kind of it's like having a permanent uh fast shoes <laughs> yes <laughs> which is crazy anyways um 
real quick, I'm going to go over the info and we'll jump right into this thing. Uh, this game was released in 93 and like you said, Aaron, it was released first and uh, for the Super Nintendo and then ported to the Genesis. Uh, it was developed by LucasArts, published by Konami, like we mentioned. The uh, composer of the music for the Genesis in particular was uh, the one who put the music together was Eric Swanson, who's also worked on some games we covered in the show already. Uh, he worked on Barney's Hide and Seek. He worked on uh, Normie's uh, Beach Baby Rama, yeah. uh, Beavis and Butthead, uh, did some other games as well. So, uh, and he's done games um, as recent as some of the EverQuest uh, 2 games that we see in here. Uh, Resident Evil yeah. 5, uh, All-Star Baseball. Pretty neat little resume here I'm seeing. There's a lot of people who worked on this game that have worked on all sorts of games that we're still playing today. So, uh, a lot of luminaries and important folks who worked on this game. But yeah, this, this particular composer or conversion guy... He did a pretty decent job, uh, all, all things told, with the amount of time he was he had to do it. Um, I would say the soundtrack reminds me more of like those ad lib soundtracks you'd hear in computer games. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It doesn't quite sound like your stock like uh, dying cat Sega Genesis sounds <laughs> yeah. that Nick complains about, like in Road Rash. <laughs> um, Rightly so. It, <laughs> yeah, so I would say it kind of it's it's halfway. Uh, it's it's still pretty pretty good, but I think it reminds me more of like if you've ever heard like FM music on a computer, uh, like back in back in the day. That's what it reminds me of. Like the if you ever had like an ad lib card or something like that, where there's a particular set of sounds that. It seems like the like the patches he used were very reminiscent of that. So that's that's what it reminds me of. I think. Yeah. It's it's still. I think the music, in general, if we're just talking about the music from a compositional standpoint, is is some of the best. Um, I think it's it's catchy. It's weird. It evokes the theme that it's going for, which is, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s horror and sci-fi. And just like a hodgepodge of a genre, sometimes even within the same song, like when you get to one of like the Dr. Tongue levels and you get like this creepy organ music and then, you know, suddenly it'll have like a tonal shift and it'll, it'll be kind of happy and bouncy and then weird again. So it, it just kind of goes all over the place and sometimes it's creepy and sometimes it's happy and weird and fun. Very cool. And one yep. last little info here. The cost for this game, if you want to buy it today, uh, you can get it for about $20 loose, and it's running for about $40 complete in box. I think I got my copy, because I actually didn't own this game. Uh, I had it on Super Nintendo, sorry. But <laughs> I got the uh, cart for about uh, $17, so not bad. Not yeah, bad, especially for something with a Konami logo slapped yeah, on it. Yeah. Those games usually go for quite a lot. Yeah, which I don't know if you're noticing this at all, Steve, but a lot of the retro shops here lately, they've been putting a lot of things on sale. I think the market's starting to uh, come down a little bit, which I'm loving. <laughs> you know what? I, I actually feel the very same way. Um, I actually just spent about a buck sixty yesterday. I got a couple of Super Nintendo games and uh, regular Nintendo games. They had like this Black Friday sale, 10% off everything, plus every $50 you spent, you got a $5 gift card. Yeah, that's all these cool deals. Um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I've also noticed that. And I th I'm wondering, um, not to get too much into financials, but as a whole, you know, I think we're about two years, close to three years past a market correction. 
So I'm wondering, because it's going to be pretty much inevitable, when, when that does happen, what's that going to do to the collecting hobbies like this? And are the prices going to tank? Are they just going to take a little dip? Or are they going to kind of hold strong where they are? So I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to affect game prices. You know, because like you said, it, it kind of seems like there is a little dip already. So, you know, say first quarter of next year, you know, market corrects itself and there's a pretty big drop, kind of like in 2008. You know, what's that going to do to the game prices? I mean, if it does drop, that'd be great because then I'm going to end up buying up everything I can <laughs> yeah, exactly. before it rises back again, you know. But it'll it'll be interesting to see if people lose jobs or whatever. They're going to be dumping their collection. Yeah. You know, I used to think of it. Prices. There, there was kind of the, well, lately, or at least in the past five years or so, I, I thought of like the, the YouTube effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or a, a YouTuber or someone like AVGN or Metal Jesus Rocks, where they'd cover top 10, you know, it'd be like games I hate or top 10 <laughs> uh, most obscure games, top yep. 10 favorite games for a system. And suddenly, games that are plentiful, they're everywhere and suddenly they're marked up like crazy at retro game shops for for no reason other than people have been talking about them you know yeah so it's that that advertising <laughs> bumps those prices I'm hoping right that up. trend <laughs> goes away but that's i think that's kind of yeah one of those things that'll it'll keep happening as long as there's something you know maybe that'll happen to us genesis gems talks about zombies ate my neighbors and suddenly <laughs> the price shoots up 40 bucks yeah. well and, and, and you and you look back to i know when i started getting into retro gaming podcast back in like well, 2011 there, there weren't a lot of them i would type in retro gaming podcast and like maybe five or six popped up it's like retro gaming roundup and there was yeah. yeah, many besides that you know and it's funny because like i started listening to this podcast called factory sealed and that's how michael kelso and i kind of made our little community because he listened to it as well and i wrote an email in saying i was starting a podcast and he started listening to it and he and i became friends it was just kind of neat how that started but now you type in retro gaming podcast there's like a billion of them but um, um oh yeah yeah and then back to your point steve i uh I, yeah, I live in a real small area so there's not a lot of retro game shops and the, the one closest to me is about 10 minutes down the road and uh they're putting huge sales out it kind of worries me because that's like the only one and i'm afraid that if that the, the signs I'm seeing, I'm like, oh, I hope they don't shut down. Because literally, he said, if you walk into my store this week and say Merry Christmas, I'll give you fifty percent off any game you want in store. I'm like, oh, wow. what? Yeah, fifty percent, fifty percent. So he overprices things pretty bad, anyways. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna go down there and check it out and see what he's got. But that that worried me. And he 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 tends to go and buy a ton of games, and then he can't even fit them into a store, so he overstocks himself way too much. But it's um, a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have. But uh, hey, if you don't mind, let me know if you if he has any like higher end, like fairly high end Nintendo games. I I sure. definitely tell you some money. That'd be amazing. Sure, absolutely. I think. Cool. I, I mean, I, I've thought about like having a retro game shop, but then I thought I, I I like talking about video games, but I don't like selling video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that if I would be passionate enough about the actual like brick and mortar and. Uh, you know, trying to, I, I, I have that passion, but I don't have that sort of passion. I think that like, uh, our good buddy, Nick DeMarco has. Yeah. 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 I actually, I, I seriously considered it back in about 2008, 2009. And oh, that was like primo time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that would have been the time to really jump into it. Um, however, 
my my thought process was okay let's buy a bunch of stock and inventory and the internet was probably you know prevalent enough at that time you know facebook marketplace didn't exist but you know craigslist and you know things like that so hey why not go around collect a bunch of inventory and do this kind of thing and i did that and i ended up with somewhere in the range of i want to say 40 or 50 regular nintendos over uh, over in a long period of time oh, wow. and ended up I would uh, fix or replace the pins with a 72, you know, pin connector, yeah. clean them all up, you know, get a copy of Mario Duck Hunt, you know, kind of get it all kitted out and make, you know, a decent profit on it. And, and I was making some pretty good money, even, you know, prices being relatively, you know, quote unquote low at the time compared to what they are now. And I just ended up getting burned out. And it, what ended up happening is I stopped collecting from about 2010-ish to 2015 i took like a five-year hiatus of actually acquiring and collecting and of course the prices skyrocket yes. you know astronomically that's how I during feel. that time yeah. period but you know i wish i never stopped collecting but it, it all came down to um turning it into a job so it stopped being yeah. a hobby it stopped being fun and at that point it was like man i lost major interest for a long time but now that i've kind of picked it back up and i'm not you know, and, and I'll occasionally see things that are at a fairly good deal where I could, you know, flip it online for twenty bucks or whatever, and I just pass it up. I just don't care, <laughs> like it, because I don't want to go down that road again of <laughs> trying to scour for deals and trying to track. Okay, how much gas am I spending to get here? How much time did I go out looking for garage sales? What what am I making per hour doing this? <laughs> like it just, I mean, I was tracking it probably obsessively way too much and. Man, there's no way I could have lasted with a store. Yeah. <laughs> there's just no way. I like so. that talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been kind of... I haven't collected as much here lately as I have been, and I kind of want to get back into it. So, yeah. Anyways, back to Zombies Ate My Neighbors. A real quick uh, kind of synopsis of this game I pulled from Moby Games, if you guys ever want to check that out. Uh, it says, In Zombies Ate My Neighbors, the player takes the role of a male or female protagonist, Zeke or Julia, fighting vampires, mummies, zombies, and other horrifying creatures. The goal is to destroy these monsters, survive the 50-plus levels, not including secret ones, and rescue the neighbors that have, that have survived the onslaught. There is a defined number of neighbors who can be saved on every level. When they are all rescued, an exit door opens, and the player advances to the next level. The levels range from mall and grocery stores to beaches and football fields. Using different weapons, such as a bazooka, a water gun, Zeke and Julia have to kill regular enemies and bosses, huge babies, dragons, ants, and others at the end of the levels. Despite the horror theme, the game's setting contains humorous elements as well. A two-player cooperative mode is also available. So, there you go. Were there dragons in this game? I don't remember, but that's what my game says. <laughs> I don't remember any dragons in this one. Oh, I just said all that. Did I actually say dragons? I said... Did you? I don't know that I did. Zeke fighting vampires, mummies, zombies, and other horrifying creatures. Oh, maybe there. I just heard... I heard dragons just, in there. You just wanted to hear what you wanted I to hear. Just, right? Yeah, I misheard it. I just wanted to correct you for, <laughs> for no nothing at all. Dragon warrior. <laughs> yeah, there right. you go. There you go. Hey, uh, I mean, it would have been cool to, to fight dragons in this game, but it would have been out, a little out of place. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of zombies, how do zombies introduce themselves? Oh, how? They uh, say, uh, please, they eat you. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Hey, what's a zombie's favorite bean? Oh, what's that? A human bean. <laughs> oh man! But I'm bump. You would have made my 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 son laugh hard at that one. <laughs> Oh, I got more, but we'll we'll move on. Uh, so, 
as far as the genre goes, um, even like the synopsis said there, it's not really a scary game, but I would kind of consider this survival horror in a way. Yeah, uh, there's because, some survival horror. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I don't, looking at this game and then playing Resident Evil, I'm like, I can see it. You're, you're managing inventory, you're, you know, you're, you're going through mazes, you're unlocking doors, things like that. So it's, it's definitely got that survival horror take on it. Thankfully, you don't have like eight tank, tank inventory controls. slots. Okay. <laughs> tank controls. Oh man! It'd be really fun if they took like this engine and made a Resident Evil game out of it. I, that that could work. I think it could work. Yeah. Could, could you imagine like a, uh, you know, Nemesis as the big giant baby? <laughs> hey, it's plausible. <laughs> Anything's possible. Yeah. I just like I, I love the the feel of this game. Like the care put into each and every part of this game is just extremely evident when it comes to the look of the main characters. Uh, you know, Zeke decked out with his fifty style three D shades uh, <laughs> and his 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 nineties punk haircut and then uh you know you've got julie with her no nonsense red baseball cap in what i guess purple pole over there uh but yeah and like just the the neighbors you know you got like the dude it's the zombie apocalypse and he's just like i'm gonna grill some burgers (laughs) yeah yeah hang out in the pool (laughs) and you can pick up it's great because there's a few levels where you can pick up burgers and get some health and like the old guy in the pool and and everything is just very well animated yeah and it's clear there's a humorous take on on everything and and it does remind me of the lucas arts pedigree of uh, classic adventure games um, oh yeah and, and like you look at the yeah. character, the main character guy you're just talking about. He looks straight out of like Maniac Mansion, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and and speaking of Maniac Mansion, uh, the first bonus stage that you can unlock actually has the purple tentacle enemies, which is lifted directly from Maniac Mansion yeah. and uh, Day of the Tentacle. So and you, cool. and you said something about the animations there. I had a note on. I, I really, really enjoyed. Is there, there's actually a, like, and I talk about this a lot in games, especially like beat 'em up games. Um, when there's like a like kind of like a feedback of when you actually hit an enemy or something. But oh yeah, when you shoot those zombies with that water gun and watching that zombie kind of disintegrate, nothing but a scar. <laughs> yes. Like that is very satisfying. It's satisfying <laughs> in this game the way enemies die. Yeah, like, every enemy has a different way of dying. It's hilarious when you knock over. Uh, one of the chainsaw guys or axe oh, yeah. guys. And he's like kicking his feet up in the air, yeah. And he's yeah, his butt's just sticking out. <laughs> or yeah, like, and, and when you get the fire extinguisher or whatever that is and you freeze things. Oh, and yeah. that, it's just the, everything about that part or of it. like uh, when you... It's it's when when you kill the, the little Chucky doll type guys uh, that, that wield, I think they're like... Um, machetes i want to say like the little dolls and when they when you destroy them it's just like I hate those things <laughs> oh it's it's like a fiery mess it's great and then half the time there's a lot of randomness to this game so sometimes they'll run around <laughs> and turn into like a flaming just a just a little flaming creature <laughs> just in, insane so uh, a lot of great animations there's so many enemies we could talk about between the zombies and um, you know you've got like 
everybody represented here from classic 50s movies um, and, and so on. I mean, this this goes from the, the 50s all the way to the 80s, I would say, to be honest, because yeah. you've got, you know, Chucky, Evil Doll. You've got your Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface type guy. You've got your giant baby. Uh, you, you, you've got the pod <laughs> people that come out of the plants, kind of like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, where they look just like you. Um, and you, you've got like the creature from the Black Lagoon yeah. who pops out of the water. You've got, you know, these giant ants, a 50-foot baby, which kind of reminds me of like the 50-foot woman. You've got the mad scientist, Dr. Tongue, and giant spiders. And, and the sense of scale in this game just is great because like there's one level where it, I think it's one of my favorite named levels. I think there's two levels in this game that, that get that honor. And it's level 12, which is Mars Needs Cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> the level names are and, great, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, everyone. I mean, we could just do an episode where we go through each one, but they're, they're pretty hilarious. Um, that's, that's one of my favorites uh, because you're running around and there's like these confused football players that can knock you off the field and you're just rescuing cheerleaders in that level. And then there's like these guys running around... Uh, I guess they're like, I don't know what they are, but they're they're aliens that have like this goofy running pattern, and then they can turn you into a, um, a I guess it's like pod people, right? So they can turn you into gelatinous goo, kind of like a. He reminds me a little bit of Killer Clowns from Outer Space, to be honest. <laughs> and then you've got like this giant UFO flying around in the sky uh, with a crazy-looking alien. <laughs> And I think the other, one of the other levels that was my favorite was Fish and Crips. <laughs> was fish and Crips. <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, and just, oh yeah, there's some great names in here. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the list right now. And just like every single horror name you could think of. Um, Chopping Mall. <laughs> Which How did I miss that? Sure. I, I must have missed that one. That's great. Yeah, Dances with Werewolves. Like, yeah, I saw that one. <laughs> um, yeah, there's... Yeah, I was a chainsaw maniac. Yeah, that's, um, that's what makes a game like this so complete when they put that much attention into details of, of the level names. and Yeah, it's just very cool. They just You can tell they had fun making this game and they did their research... Because, you know, you look back at a lot of, like, the uh, like the 50s. Like, I, I remember the day the Earth stood still, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And you have Dracula. He shows up in the game. And Frankenstein. Well, Frankenstein's monster. You've got the blob. Because you've got creatures that will kind of turn you into goop. And you've got, like, House on Haunted Hill. Um came from outer space there's just a lot of that sort of thing even plan nine from outer space and just like how cheesy this game is but without i would say without overdoing it there's gameplay to actually back the the zaniness of the game i think there's some games these days that will try a little too hard to be humorous or to be out there and then the game itself doesn't play all that great but 
I think this game backs it up by being very unique within the I guess the closest I would compare this game to is maybe sort of like Gauntlet but Gauntlet with a little bit of Robotron and some other some other games mixed in I guess we could talk about the gameplay what do you think yeah well I'm gonna tell you my first first thing here um yeah so when i popped this game in like i said I've, I've played this on an emulator before but the very first time i ever played it on an actual genesis machine was about four or five weeks ago and uh i prefer the three button controller when i play genesis games i just think it fits my hand a little bit better so i popped the game in couldn't remember remember much about it and thought uh i'm gonna try my three button controller on this uh, oh don't boy. don't do that <laughs> do not no. do that so so yeah, the, the, the way the game set up uh for genesis your a button is your primary weapon uh, B button is uh, kind of the special weapon, and then um, in order to change those, you have to hold down C and A and C and B just to get it to work, or vice versa, whatever. So if you don't have a six button controller, you're constantly hitting two buttons at one time, and you screw it up. I accidentally used my special um, uh, powers when I didn't mean to. I took a health pack when I didn't need to, and I actually made it to like level. Uh, 15 to one that th- three button controller and then i finally had to pull my six button controller out of the drawer because i just couldn't take it anymore so when you have the six button controller it's much easier uh you know the button up top of a is actually x so that will change your primary weapon which is a and then also the other three as well do that so if you're playing this on genesis and you've never done it before do yourself a favor make sure you get a six button controller because three button is awful i'm i'm glad they were able yes. to re- release it with the idea of a three button controller yeah having the ability but it's like trying to play street fighter 2 on a three button controller it's that bad oh yes yeah don't play it with three buttons play with six buttons all the way and i and i prefer that's one thing i like about the Jess's version is that you can remap the controls if you want yeah yeah that you couldn't do in the SNES version. And it's weird going back and forth between the two because the default controls are flip-flopped. SNES version, it's Y and X that will actually shoot your weapons or use your items. Whereas in the Sega Genesis game, that's what actually swaps items. So I was playing it with my kids and I was switching between the versions and I got a little turned around playing the SNES version and I would accidentally use one of my items when I meant to switch it out. So, yeah. it happens. And, and and like you said, as far as the gameplay goes, I mean, there's there's this game's just great. Um, some of the attention to the detail things I took note of, uh, the, the fonts, like just when you pause the game and the pause, it says pause flashing up and uh, up and down like you got a real nice font there it's kind of crooked a little bit and it looks like a like an old 50s horror film and there's like a red outline and just the animations of the of the beginning and how it how it kind of pixelates in and fizzles in like an old cheesy 50s horror movie oh, yeah. I mean, and it's got like that swirly effect yeah yeah, yeah. and that's funny because I, I actually took note of that uh, the snes doesn't look that good in the beginning the genesis does there's more detail to some of that stuff coming in so uh that is you know one point for the genesis some people wouldn't uh agree on that i love, love the snes but uh as far as the genesis version goes i i prefer this version just because of the strip to the side that has the map and lets you know what yes. what, what sub weapon you have and everything uh the big gripe the snes fans have is that that supposedly squishes the uh, aspect ratio of the game so like if you if you compare the snes and the genesis version together um the snes version looks like it's a little fatter i guess you'd say and but it, it doesn't yeah, it's a little wider yeah but that doesn't defer me from but i don't know that it's a, i don't know that it's taller it seems like the genesis resolution is actually taller 
Yeah, yeah. So maybe you can see more vertically than horizontally. Yeah. And I even looked at some of the screenshots next to each other. It looks like the Genesis version actually has a little bit more detail, like in the grass and some things like that. So I, I don't know. I, 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 I see. Graphically, the... they are so very close. To yeah, it's yeah. Amazing that, you know, the Sega Genesis, which supposedly has less colors, uh, display it on screen that it's able to pretty well can compare with the SNES game. Yeah, and sure. I think it's one of the graphically it's probably one of the better, if not one of the best looking Genesis games just in terms of detail. Yeah, and, and for I mean, a it's game- probably not technically impressive, but just like the, the detail of the animations and and the care of every object and enemy on screen. And the oh. fact that there's less slowdown. There's less slowdown than the SNES version. I've noticed yeah, that yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, I think the the actual sprites in it in the backgrounds and the transitions between the screens and everything like that, I, I think they did an excellent job with it. It is very visually stunning and impressive. Yeah, I like how there's kind of a thud. There's a, there's <laughs> yeah. a big sound that happens when you get to it. Yeah, that, that title screen or you know, at the screen for the next level. And like the the sound that plays I like the little music cue that sounds like you know the the saints have come home because <laughs> you know it's like the a- angels have saved the day uh, because it's just like this I, you know it's like when you when you saved like um, all of the when you saved all of the the people or you get an extra victim bonus because there's like different bonuses you can yeah, get yeah. at the end of the level and sometimes it'll play that. Or like when you use the Pandora's box, it'll play the same sound. It's <laughs> great. I So that was one thing, like the sound design. Um, you'll notice that there's like voices and stuff in the SNES version within the music that's not in the Sega Genesis version. Like some ambience uh, or ambience that they're missing. And then, um, but I would say they do capture most of the regular sound effects that I could tell. I like the fact that when you're running around as the big giant monster, which is super satisfying, oh, I yeah. love the fact how destructible the environments <laughs> yeah. are in this game. Like the little cracks in the wall. Punch yeah, through walls yeah. and you're blasting with a bazooka. And, it, and it's very important later on in the game. Yeah. Uh, when you turn into like, you know, use your your red potion you turn into a purple monster there's such detail because w- when you're playing as julie she'll actually keep her hat on when she turns yeah. into the yeah. monster it's hilarious <laughs> and then either one it's the same sprite i think but when you um i can't remember i thought it was when you're playing two player you might have a purple and a, a green one but i can't recall but what i do remember is that when you go up to water or you go up to a trampoline you actually audibly hear the monster say, nope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that. right. Yeah. It'll, it'll shake its head and it'll say, nope. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, kind of there's so much about this game and, and like the adventure uh, kind of details to it. But, you know, you, you can't get through those uh, little mushroom looking plants without like the, the weed whacker or whatever in the world he's using. Yeah, there. there's just how unique though the weapons yeah, are. Yeah. You start out with like a a water pistol Uzi type thing <laughs> and which is it's just great because you, you imagine they've been blessed with holy water to, 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 to defeat zombies 
and shop. you know they they work on on mummies. Uh, you know you take like three or four shots on them. Yeah. Uh, but then you start to notice the game differs a lot from like your typical run and gun. Um, you know because there, there are overhead games like Soldiers of Fortune, uh, or like uh, stuff that w- we've played. Um, like a commando type game where you would think, okay, well, I can just blast through everything using my standard firing weapon. Not so in this game. There, it's very important to get used to the different enemy types. The, the game kind of eases you into it, and it gives you a false sense of security in the first five or so <laughs> yeah, levels. Cause this you, is easy. <laughs> you, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, you've got like nine or ten people to rescue and they're all on the screen and then the enemies are, are fairly easy but like by the time you like I think the turning point is when people get to the chainsaw maze and then they realize yeah. oh shoot like what am I supposed to use on these guys and you try go ahead go ahead and try using your water pistol on those guys <laughs> and see what happens it takes about 10 shots to knock them down and they run just as fast yeah. as you do and that's one of the so, cool parts about the game is like it becomes more of a instead of an action game, it becomes more of a run and hide type game, you know. Run and hide, and then yeah. strategy. Like, oh, yeah. what weapon? You start to experiment with weapons, and you you start to figure out, and that's what I think gives this game a lot of replay value. You start to figure out what weapons work best on yep, what yep. enemies, because the there's there's some enemies where it's like the uh, the dolls where the best thing to use are the soda cans. Because they're like grenades and they splash. They have like this splash damage that take them out in like one hit. Yeah. And then you've got things like Pandora's Box, which when you get to your first boss encounter, the boss encounters in this game, they're pretty much different from other games because they're like the baby runs around kind of erratically until it stops and starts shooting baby milk at you. (laughs) Uh, So the strategy there is you want to collect all of the items. um, And and what a lot of people don't realize is you can get items from trash cans. You can get items from cabinets. You can actually blow up uh, little shrouded uh, bushy areas. And you'll almost always find secret items in there. And once you get to that baby, you want to use your Pandora's box, which is kind of like a, a, a attack on, weapon. yeah, on on the environment. So it just shoots out these these crosses, basically, or not crosses. It shoots out like this, whatever comes out of the Pandora's box, <laughs> yellow things. It's like these little Blow orbs up. that fly yeah. all over the screen. And they're 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 also erratic. They, they don't perfectly go in one place, and so you just want to get as close up to that baby as possible and fire off at about. You can knock out the baby and shrink it down to normal size in about four or five um, hits, I would say. And then it'll and and if you run out of that, bazookas work. And then of course, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not condoning bazooking a baby, but <laughs> in this game, it's, well, giant baby. it's okay. And it just shrinks down yeah, to normal size babies. So it's okay. Yeah, this yeah. game makes it totally okay to kill babies. So it's fine. <laughs> it's, you it's heard it first here, guys. Okay. <laughs> and it's not like you're blowing up the babies. But what's funny is, like, whenever any tourist or, like, like the tourist or when any of the neighbors die or get trampled by one of the enemies, it's the same, like, ah! <laughs> death <laughs> scream. And they just kind of poof, you know go up and smoke 
But yeah, so like just speaking of the bosses, you've pretty much got the baby who shows up twice in the game, and the second time you face the baby, you don't even actually have to defeat the baby. It just it gives you a skeleton key. Which, uh, in this game, it's kind of like Doom, where you have to get this special key that will gate your progress if you don't get it. Um, when you face the baby the second time, really, the only thing that the skeleton key is doing in that level is protecting some secret items. So you don't even have to defeat them there. Uh, but then you have, like, boss encounters, like, when you have to face off. Well, you know, you've got, like, the, the UFO level, but, like, there are, like, two or three UFO levels, and you don't have to defeat the UFO there either. Um, but the important thing with the UFO is that it'll actually give you a giant bonus, and points are super important in this game because uh, every, I think it's, like, 42,000 points, you will get... Uh, an extra neighbor and in this game if you run out of neighbors at any point it's game actually over. game over yep there's no like second chances there's no continues it's literally going to be a game over if there's no more neighbors left on the screen yep but um other other bosses include i would say the spider creature if you get to the first time you meet dr tong um when he turns into a spider, that's one of the main times. Um, and, and that boss, again, you can use Pandora's box, you can change it to a monster, you can you can do a few different things that will work on that. Yeah, I think that I changed guy. it to the monster. Yeah, yeah the monster it. helps. And, and with the monster, I've noticed that you can kind of stay in one place and just hold down the punch button. Yeah. And it's only when you move around enough that you will lose your monster status, really. It'll take longer for you to change back into human form. And then um, there's mostly mini bosses, or no, not mini bosses so much. It's just like stronger creatures like the vampires and the Frankenstein guys, where you just want to use your, your holy crosses, which give you invincibility uh, on most enemies. And then really the hardest challenge is the final boss on level 48 if you ever make it there which <laughs> uh i i guess i can finally say i have i've <laughs> beat the game yeah it's amazing uh, yeah it's it's like running a marathon to be honest because it's like oh man it's you get to the halfway point and you're like oh man i've done it and then you, then you realize you're like oh wait i'm still on like level 22 or 25 yeah. oh thanks for I've that still got a lot of game left <laughs> You remember that level 22 thing, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, level 22, yeah. Yeah, that's as far uh, as I got. <laughs> well, I think that's Revenge of Dr. Tongue. I think that's what it was. And when you get to the final actual level, because there's like, I think, five or six bonus stages. There's one per ten levels, I want to say it is. And, uh, yeah, so there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, so there's seven bonus levels. Anyway, the final boss, he changes into the spider again. And then you take him out, and then his final form is he turns into, like, a floating uh, a floating head, basically, and, and starts shooting stuff at you. And you just... You gotta have you gotta have stocked up on the right items is is what I feel like and 
we've kind of gone over uh, a lot of the game and I want to tackle like what were your pain points guys like where did you get stuck and maybe we can walk through strategies on how to get you further in the game uh, I got stuck uh, on the ants the ants yeah. uh, like weed whacker weed whackers work on ants weed whacker on the yeah, yeah and, weed and, and the several times that I got there I never used a weed whacker on them and it was, they're just too fast and they like obviously yeah. swarm you. And they're, I mean, they move almost as fast as the baby, I think, you know, yeah, it's just like super things. erratic and crazy. There's three things that work really well on ants. It's the, the fork and knife combination, which blows <laughs> okay. them up instantly, which also, yeah, it also oh. works perfectly. If you get the forks and knives, which there really aren't too many of those to collect, but there's a couple in the early knives, levels. Yeah, but those work. They're one-shot kills to spiders and also to werewolves. Okay. Because of silver, of course. Yeah. And then, uh, for some reason, if you get those pod guns from the Martians, oh, yeah. those will kill spiders in one shot also. And then if you're feeling kind of like, oh, I don't have those weapons... Um, a lot of times my backup is I never ran out of like the fire hydrant. So I would use the fire hydrant just to freeze them and run away. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes I really had to. Uh, the other thing is you can use your, your cross. Cross is good in a sticky situation where it's like, I don't have anything left, but I do have a cross. And so the cross will at least make you invincible. Um, you know, just limited to use, but it's I mean, it's good in a pinch. I feel like there's and a the cross like runs like a real close circle around your body that like kind of right. gets anything around you. And I feel like there's yeah. a like there's like, like a hymnal song, you know, to go along with that thing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's cool. And it's funny, Aaron, you you were talking. Are you like, saying like the old rugged cross? There you go. There you go. <laughs> 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 that was funny, Aaron. You were talking um, the strategy with the little. Uh, mini axe guys i i would usually just freeze them and walk by them never thought of that soda can thing i'm sitting here playing it as we the talk the soda yeah, can thing is great the, oh the soda can thing oh, was a game changer for yeah. me like i didn't realize how useful that weapon was when i originally played it. i just yeah. thought oh it's just a stupid grenade item um which i never use grenades a lot in other games but then like it's essential for throwing you can throw the the soda cans over walls in this yeah game. yeah exactly and so it's perfect for those uh little chucky doll type creatures yeah that 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 okay it's funny because i was just playing a level with that and complete game changer for me because i would just freeze them and, and run away it also <laughs> the <laughs> and, and the game gives you hints sometimes when you'll pick up a specific uh weapon that's just lying on the floor in the level like all obvious like uh, in a level where it's just got bazookas lying on the ground or it's got soda cans. Like the, the game wants you, they specifically designed the game where they want you to use that weapon in that level. So like you'll encounter like the snakeoids level and you'll notice how you pick up bazookas, but you also pick up soda cans. And those are sort of the best things to use on those guys. And then the one thing we didn't talk about, which is very important on a lot of enemies is using the decoy uh, circus clown. So you oh, can yeah. lay down an inflatable clown, and that item is one of the most key items of this game, is that, like, 
if you're low on ammo or something, you can lay down a clown and the enemies will flock to that. Or if you think you're low on neighbors, sometimes you can attract the enemies to run towards the, um, you know, the that that guy or the, the decoy instead of towards your neighbor. Uh, also, like you need the, the decoy to defeat the UFO. You set down some decoys and it'll start paying attention to that and then you can start lobbing your uh, your soda cans at it and destroy it. Um, you need it later on for it helps with werewolves. It helps with just about anything, I would say. And and a lot of times you'll you'll find the decoys in shopping malls and in there's a few places you can find them, but they're kind of all over the place. But like I said, this game is kind of random in and that's what makes it unique every time you play it is that <laughs> it, you don't know what pickups you're going to get. Sometimes you're lucky and you get more, you know, you get like an invincibility potion or you get a monster potion. Um, sometimes you'll get like those randomizer potions, which yeah. can have a negative status effect sometimes, <laughs> which isn't really that bad. Like there's one that sort of makes you walk around sick but it doesn't really hurt you the one that stinks is the one that takes off a few bars of your health but uh, is, is that thing ever good because literally every time i've used it it's negative yeah no no uh i've had playthroughs where it's like i use it like five times in a row okay. and it gave me health back okay see i never experienced so, that <laughs> it changes it changes yeah sometimes it'll change you into the monster it just it it's a random status effect is what it is the, the question mark potion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the speed shoes are important in this game, especially if you're down to, like, two neighbors or one neighbor. And there's some enemies, like the, the mermen, that are, like, really fast. <laughs> or, like, the werewolves. So you, you kind of want to outrun them and maybe decoy them. Um, and, yeah. Oh, speaking of uh, the flamethrower, the way you would get the flamethrower in SNES game was that there was this um, was level 15 dinner on Monster Island and there's a, a secret skeleton key on the bottom left of the stage so you go grab that and then when you get to level 22 Revenge of Dr. Tong you've got this extra skeleton key all of a sudden and there's a special place you can use it and there's like a and it's pretty obvious because you'll see it on the screen so you, you go through this door and then there's a, there's a lot of secrets in this game where it's like hidden items obscured by a wall or something. So there's like a wall right next to it. And then that's where you would get the flamethrower. In the Genesis version, I think it's just a health pickup. That's all it is in that version. Mm. And then maybe a, a, there's like a bonus stage item that you pick up in that level as well. Do you know if why the Sega version is basically a port of the Super Nintendo that they wouldn't have brought it over you know i read an interview with the original designer of the game and he said <laughs> he has no idea why they didn't include it in the sega genesis version because it, it pretty much should have been in there there yeah it's so strange yeah there, there's no really good reason why it wasn't in there um i would imagine that's not a technical no. limitation i mean they did everything else like perfectly yeah 
I, I can't really think. Uh, maybe they just ran out of time. That's that's all I could possibly <laughs> think. But to, to have made this game as good as it was of a port, it just makes me wonder. Maybe they're like, oh, maybe that cheesed the rest of the SNES game. Made it, maybe it made the rest of it too easy to give you this hidden flamethrower power up. I don't know. <laughs> and did that interviewer, do you know offhand why they decided? to go with the little bit cut screen map off to the side uh, compared to Super uh, Nintendo? Like- no, you know what? That So this was on Hardcore Gaming 101 um, where they did an article about Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And it's strange because they don't really... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember... Uh, I think it's Michael Ebert. Um, he doesn't really go into... I don't think he worked directly on the Genesis port, but my guess is that it was just easier to have it in that screen resolution on the Sega Genesis. Okay. I just yeah, when they when they were bringing it over, I don't I don't know the exact reason why they didn't keep the same. Maybe they just realized that it would be easier just to have the radar on the screen at all times. Mm. And and in the look of it reminds me of Gauntlet anyways. Yeah. Or like a like a shooter where you've got your, your bar on the side. So it, it almost gives the game more of an arcade look to it anyway. So maybe they were going for that. Yeah, it makes sense. I actually don't mind it. I know that, you know, some things I've seen online, people complain about it, you know, being oh, a yeah, cut off we, and stuff. But we, I think we've all seen that Console Wars uh, SNES versus Genesis uh, video, right? Yeah, that was an excellent video. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I shared it in uh, in the group. Yeah, and and they had a pretty good teardown of the differences between the games, but I think the differences are so slight that there's a slightly increased challenge with the Genesis version because of the the missing power up. But everything else is very cosmetic and not not intrinsic or affecting the gameplay much if at all yeah like the opening title screen and you know some of the sound effect overlay with the music you know all relatively minor stuff and if you don't know about the flamethrower you know you could easily miss that on the uh, you know on the nintendo i never knew about it yeah i never knew about it as a kid it wasn't until later they were like oh yeah this flamethrower like i never made that far <laughs> yeah and it's it, it's kind of funny because it's almost like the flamethrower synonymous like you know oh did you know this it's like yeah everybody knows that about this game for whatever reason it seems like and i just I wonder guess. how many how many of those people actually made it to the area where you could actually get the flame no i mean if, if, I you're, doubt it. if, if, if you're good enough to get to the end of the game you're probably good enough to beat it without the flamethrower <laughs> yeah uh, and it is very beatable without the flamethrower it's just one of those things where you want to save up on your items and just don't blindly use weapons and items that you don't need to. Um, like there are very specific instances where you should use keys, use keys as much as possible instead of using bazookas. And yeah. sometimes they'll design like the houses you run through, where like half the house will already be opened, and you're just wasting a key or a yeah, bazooka don't you to hate get that? there because you want to. Yeah. The good thing is this game doesn't have timers. 
it's more of like based on whether you rescue the neighbors or not. That's kind yeah. of your time. I was is... constantly opening up doors with keys, and I thought, no, there's a sticking hole in a wall. <laughs> I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> like smack or myself like accidentally, head. yeah, accidentally running by it, and then you know, accidentally using a key to unlock yeah. something. Like, oh, didn't even mean to do that. It, it, and it's that same feeling you get in a game like playing Resident Evil when you. you you try to run by a zombie and you, you knew better and you got freaking bit and you're like why did I just do that now I gotta use a freaking herb I mean it's just like yeah. wait, wasting your oh, inventory you're like having to use your, your, your health or you, yeah. you died because you weren't paying attention exactly. you had one sliver of health left exactly so, and then of course in this game the, the password system doesn't work uh, it doesn't save your stuff so you, you really no, really crap on yourself it, and I think they wanted to originally go with a save system but it just you know it saved money just to do passwords and then password system they did come up with it's like four letters so that means that they're starting you off yep. on a level um but you never want to start off on a boss level you want to start off like a couple levels before that so you can at least try to get some power-ups i i just don't use passwords in this game at all i just try to run through it but i realize it's a long game um, so it would make sense why people would want to use passwords, sure. but man, it's, it's tricky to use passwords because yeah, you, you start off with no power-ups. Makes things very hard. Yeah, exactly. Though yeah. I will say, um, important thing is if you find those boxes with a question mark on them, they take you to bonus stages and every bonus stage has a pretty much everyone has a guaranteed one up and also has a lot of great power ups so get those bonus stages when you can uh, and, and look in everything and a lot of times it's hidden be behind some, some bushes like even in the first stage if, if you manage to get a bazooka or a, a monster power up um, hidden away in one of those cabinets then there's a place where you can bust open um, uh, a hedge, and you know inside that bush is, is a bonus level. Yeah, very cool. So oh, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, and just going back to you actually beating it. So in the retro video game of the month club, uh, soon to be retro gaming monthly, <laughs> uh, Kyle Collins from Experience Grind podcast actually put up a fifty dollar challenge to anybody who could beat the game in the group legitimately. Uh, he would donate fifty dollars to. He was so confident nobody would do it that he would donate fifty dollars, and of course. I think he was. In, I was like, oh man, I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and of course you you ended up beating it, and uh, he ended up donating it to uh, a children's charity where they uh, get them video games. Um, and now but, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it would you so know it worked out really well, but uh, it was just super cool to see the challenge. After my, you know, first minor playthrough of the game, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, going to be in the running for this. And then it was getting down to the end of the month, and you did it, what, just, oh, man, maybe just a few days after or, or before the end of the month. Yeah. Was, yeah, you know, it was I just got like it. one weekend. I, I thought we were going to cover it that Sunday. So <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to try and marathon this game as much as possible. So it sticks with me, and, and it became one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, I got to level 15. What did I do wrong? Okay, I got to use this weapon. Okay, I got to the snakeoids. Oh, I've got to you know use a decoy and bazooka. Okay, now I got here, and there's like a million freaking zombies and 
uh, no, there's like a million uh, vampires swarming you. Okay, I've got to use my cross. And it just became one of those things where it's like, okay, what do I use in this situation? It's like rock, and paper, scissor almost. Like. It, it totally is. And then you start to get a better feel for the game and and what it's designed for you to do. And then you realize, too, that there's, there's just different strategies. Like, if you want to get through the game a little faster, you can kill off some of your neighbors. And <laughs> if you have less neighbors to go collect, um, it means that you can get through the stages a little faster. It's just a little tricky because, of course, you run out of neighbors, the game ends. Mm. But, yeah, it was it was a little crazy that it was, like, I didn't even know that that challenge was going on. I just remembered. I'm like, oh yeah, we're you know we're doing zombies in my neighbors in that group. Let me post what happened. And yeah, I I had no idea that he was doing that challenge. So yeah, your cool. post was on the 24th, so just just about a week before the end of the month. And yeah, that was super cool, super super cool. Nice. The closest I got to beating the game was just watching this hour and a half speed run. <laughs> and uh, I, I did, saw the same speed run later on. Yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, and it, it was a really good speed run. I noticed, obviously, he didn't do like some of the secret areas and stuff no. like that. You know, He's for obvious trying, reasons. He, he, but... he didn't do the monster. Yeah, he didn't change to the monster all that much, except for like one or two levels. Yeah. So, but that that was the only way I was going to see this whole game, and it was totally. I I actually got myself an adult beverage and sat down and just <laughs> kicked back and relaxed and just enjoyed watching. It was it was pretty. Cool. I was just kind of sad that like he was the only one on the couch who knew the game, and so everyone else on the couch. This was a eighty. 80 were, you, were you watching? Were you watching the the live run through? Or were you watching another one? Oh no! I I watched. Uh, I posted. I posted it in the group. Um, it was uh, it was like from Speedrun Archive or yeah. So was like this that. the Sega Genesis one? Um, I or the SNES so. one. So, uh, the, so oh no, no no it was it was a Super Nintendo one. Yeah. yeah. So at uh, Austin Games Done Quick, which is like speedrunning for charity. Yeah. They like every year they'll have events um, where they'll speedrun games for charity, of course. But they someone did Zombies Ate My Neighbors. And yeah, they did a live speed run of the SNES game. And it was really neat because his strategy was completely different from how you would normally play the game because he wanted to have only two neighbors per level. And so he would do different strategies just to, you know, he, he knew the map layouts perfectly. So he knew exactly where to run to get them because the, the neighbors spawn the same places every time. So. He had everything kind of perfectly timed out. And he was like, even knowing that, he would talk about how the game is random. So a lot of your drops are random. So there's a lot of things you have to account for still. But what I thought was interesting was like, he was the only one sitting on the couch because there's like a couch with several people sitting there to talk about the game. He was the only one who'd actually played it. <laughs> oh, really? So the other guys <laughs> just ended up asking him questions about the game while he was running it. So See, it was... that's super cool. Because that the one that I watched, is there's no commentary over it. It's yeah. just literally watching it. And that would have been the way better way to, to see that interaction and actually have the guy talk about it and the questions and all that. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous that I, I didn't come across that version. But I will. So for each game as we go, I love posting a speed run, whether it's a test you know, tool speed, tool assisted speed run, or, or somebody actually doing it. I'm gonna have to start looking for those yeah, like, live commentary because that that makes it so much more interesting to watch for sure. Look, 
Look at, uh, yeah, it's like uh, Summer Games Done Quicker. I think the main thing is it's called Awesome Games Done Quick. Yeah. And those events are always fun to watch because they'll do speed runs or any percent runs, different types of runs for retro games and modern games too, but a lot of uh, retro games and, and some more obscure stuff like Zombies Ate My Neighbors will pop up sometimes. Um, but yeah, like I, I would say, I'm sure someone's done like a, a Castle of Illusion speed run, and, and I know they've done speed runs of some of the games that you've covered uh, in the past. So we're, yeah, the we're, the oh. yeah the one that I, I watched uh, from that that awesome games done quick was the um, uh, Star Tropics. Yeah, and, and that was really cool to watch because you know I that game was almost where you have to you play it you you die you fall for whatever the trap or the trick is yes. it's like okay don't do this again a lot of hit or miss in that yeah. yeah and then you know you, you have to like almost memorize the level to get through it but then just to watch and then sometimes you'd screw up an execution on something you know jumping into the water or whatever and then watching him just rip through it was just like wow live sitting on the couch you know no reset attempt no whatever it's like a, a huge level of respect to guys that can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, really. I don't have the time, patience, or the skill, so I'm completely out of the running to ever try anything like that. But very speaking impressive. Speaking of, to watch. Uh, yeah, speaking of time, patience, and skill, I, I tried playing the sequel to this, <laughs> uh, which is called Goal Patrol, and I played it in emulation uh, on my Super Nintendo emulator. Um, but it's, it was also on the Virtual Console along with Zombies Ate My Neighbors on on the Wii. Um, and it's just not as good as this game. And it, in some ways it looks better, but then it's just the presentation. It's just not, you can tell a different team worked on it. Uh, it's almost like a developer, right? Yeah, it was a different developer and they had, I think it was, uh, some of the same animators, but it was a different developer and it really shows because, um, the gameplay, they, they've added a few elements to the Zombies Ate My Neighbors engine, like the ability to jump and slide, but the weapons are kind of uninspired. The enemies equally uninspired. They've taken away the radar, and so now it's kind of an, an annoying thing where you'll hear voices or you'll see voices on the screen displaying, like, you know, text. The, these uh, words that'll pop up on the screen saying oh, help me and it'll come flying towards you and it just gets kind of annoying that uh, having that instead of a radar I think I just I tried I tried playing the game for several levels I was like oh I'll come back to this but I tried playing it with a friend also and he's like yeah this just is not nearly as fun as uh, the first zombies game and it's it's sad that we haven't seen like a real sequel to this game, especially since LucasArts is no more. <laughs> but um, the same developer, it was because right after this game, they were working on Metal Warriors, which is an awesome SNES game. Yeah. So they they put out Metal Warriors right after this game using the same engine, and then I think Big Sky Trooper. Uh, and then eventually the same guys who worked on this game did work on Herc's Adventures, which is um, 
on the Saturn and the PlayStation. And it's one I would love to talk about at some point because it does reference Zombies Ate My Neighbors and the gameplay is fairly reminiscent of this game with a little bit of RPG element added into it. But it's just, it's the same guys who worked on this game, worked on that one. Oh, very cool. It always impresses me how much knowledge you have. <laughs> just <laughs> off the, seemingly off the top of your head. It's oh. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Nick has to stop me. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, thankfully, you know, people still like me because... <laughs> I'm, I'm, hopefully, I'm not that annoying. Like, no, hey, by the way, <laughs> no, you're 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 very humble in your knowledge. It's not like a, you know, there, there's some people out there who know it all, and you can't stand them for it. But you're not one of those guys. No, not at all. Not at I'm all. not like an Adam ruins everything type of guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh. My my kid, I started watching that show with my kids, and I'm like, oh no, you can't watch that episode. That one's about. Uh, <laughs> Uh, adult subject matter. Nope. <laughs> yep. Uh, we started trying to watch the death episode, and my son was like, "Nope, can't watch this." <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "That's okay, kid. I understand. That's a little heavy subject matter." Oh, for sure. It's a good show, though. Yeah, I I enjoyed it, but his character in that show is definitely like the smarmy know-it-all. Like, <laughs> and he plays oh, yeah. it up for laughs, but it's totally like. Yeah, did you know like everything everything you know is wrong and like that thing you're eating is horrible for you and <laughs> Yeah, and by the way, don't shower every day. Just do it once a week or so. Yeah, it's like, you know, you can clean off your, you know, areas or whatever, but like yeah, you don't need to wash your hair every day, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I seen him in a in a interview after that episode and he said, Oh yeah, even with all that information, I still shower every day. Sometimes twice yeah. a day. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> It's true. It happens. So, Nick, how do we yep. get back to Genesis Gems and, and Zombies Ate My Neighbors? Is there anything else that you want to discuss about this game that we haven't covered? Do you want to know about the final, the actual final level of the game? I don't know. After you beat the final boss. Is it uh, surprising that you might ruin it? I need to experience it for myself. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Most people will never make it there. I, I don't know. Right. It's It's... it's been you know 25 years now i think this is the 25 year anniversary wow it's about yeah but the first thing that happens if you don't mind uh is it's a developer level and the first person who greets you is actually george lucas and he tells you to get back to work Oh, that's right. <laughs> I actually read that somewhere. You're right. <laughs> and it's an actual level because you do have to save uh, a few uh, victims or neighbors um, to, to beat the level but in that level everyone you, you talk to the different designers and some of them are, are dressed up in you know, different gear like one's dressed up like Indiana Jones because he worked on an Indiana Jones game uh, one mentions them working on a robot game that happened to be you know metal, metal warriors uh, just all sorts of neat little conversations that you have with people uh, and, and cool little animations in that level. So if you do ever get to check it out, it's it's pretty neat. It's it's worth it, I would say. There's no... We talked about 
we didn't even talk about it, but there's there's like no storyline to this game that I can recall. Um, <laughs> I know I used to have the the manual that came with this game, but there's like it's got the loosest of story because it it basically involves uh, you rescuing the neighbors and then like Doctor Tongue is like the main boss, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, I have see. the I have the manual. Yeah, I, uh, I have it pulled up here. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess. Uh, oh, yeah. It just it just it just describes the monsters and saying what you start with, and it says you'll play the game Zeke or Julie. If you're playing two player game, and it says. Uh, if you don't like the names Secret Julie, you can call them by other names. Nick and Beth, Spike and Sarah, Pat and Pat, whatever. We won't tell you what to it do. Is Pat. <laughs> but their names really are Zeke, Zeke and Julie. Um, it, it pretty much just, just describes how to play the game. It doesn't describe there being any storyline, which is fine. This, this is one of those games where it's an arcade type game. Um, and it really doesn't need a story um, and I wouldn't expect there to be one to tie it tie it in um, and that's kind of the problem with Goal Patrol um, which from what I found out when I was reading up on the game wasn't even meant to be a Zombies Ate My Neighbors sequel it started out as a completely different thing and then uh, LucasArts they, they were like oh well um, I guess this team is working on this game using the same engine, and it looks kind of like Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Let's just put Zeke and Julie in there, and hey, it's a Zam sequel. So <laughs> that's that's sort of what happened there. But the story in that game just—it's uh, not—it's kind of boring. Um, nothing to write home about anyway. Um, there was something I, I'd wanted to, to bring up about Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which was it was based on I think the original gameplay concept was based off this obscure arcade game. And I'm just going to read straight from the Hardcore Gaming 101 article. And it says, as Eber explained things, he couldn't remember what the game was. I played a game in an arcade in Berkeley once that reminded me of the movie Big Trouble in Little China in game form. I never found out what the game was called, nor did I ever see it again after that arcade. I searched a lot of arcade databases looking for the game, but never found it. I know this sounds like a strange dream or something. I learned later that they apparently tested a lot of game concepts at the arcade where I played it. Um, and then I scrolled down here and said that game influenced me a lot. I remember the character was almost like a Ken ripoff from Street Fighter, and he used kung fu moves to beat a variety of monsters in a Chinese-looking environment. The whole game had a Zombies Ate My Neighbors style perspective. It reminded me of Akari Warriors, but with better graphics. It had clearly defined boss areas and doors that would open and close, allowing access to different areas. You'd fight a variety of guys in low-pan outfits, Floating head monsters and other bad guys. This may seem strange, but I always thought that the fighting music was a ripoff of Far From Over by Frank Stallone. Hmm. This was around the same time as Dark Adventure, a four-player Konami arcade game, so that would be about 1987. 
Um, so like I scrolled down just to see like if they figured out what the name of the game was, and um, it ended up being this game called Kairos, and that's K Y R O S. So if you want to know, check out that game and tell us what you think of it. I've never played it, but uh, it says it. Yeah, Kairos is mostly it's an arcade brawler, and only sometimes does the player receive a projectile power up. Um, but he also Ebert also cited influences like Robotron and Smash TV, so that definitely makes sense. But yeah, I can see that with the the perspective he's talking about looking at in Kairos because there's these doors that you can go through that open up different areas. So it kind of makes sense. I can see that. But that's I think that's the last major thing I wanted to mention was some of the influence of the game because it it does remind me a little bit of Gauntlet like where you'd open doors with keys and you'd have different potions you could drink that would have different effects and um, that sort of thing. Very cool. Yeah. And finally, the only other thing I could think of, Nick, was there haven't been any hacks of this game on the Sega Genesis, but there's actually several hacks of the game um, and one that's purported to be a Zombies 8 by Neighbor sequel uh, that's a hack of the first game that introduces a whole bunch of new levels and new new gameplay. So, What's it called? It, I think it's just called Zombies 8 My Neighbors 2. Oh, okay. Simple enough? Yeah. Simple enough to find, yep. And just, I think you just look for Zombies 8 My Neighbors 2 hack and, and you'll find it. And I've played it a bit. It's pretty interesting. Like, should they add any weapons or anything like that? or? Uh, from what I recall, I I think they add at least one or two new weapons. Nice. I think they, oh, you know, I think they call it Zombies 8 My Neighbors the sequel. That's what it's called. Ah. Yep. But new items, the ability to reverse cycle through your, your weapons and items, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. I I did miss that a little bit uh, out of this game. It would have been nice to... Because th- there were definitely moments of tension where there's an enemy that's like really close to you and you don't have the right weapon pulled up. <laughs> you like, you've got your water pistol. And you're like, oh, that's not going to cut it here. And you accidentally like pull up the wrong weapon. <laughs> but I will say when all those spells use that weed whacker because it does about three damage as opposed to the water pistol which you can only do one ah gotcha yeah Nick are you on mute I'm here <laughs> I'm like it's like a, when I'm on a work call and like one of my coworkers, like they've been talking the whole time and suddenly everything goes quiet I'm like is, is still, are you on mute I'm always afraid, like, we always hit mute in our conference calls so we can talk bad about people on the other line. I'm always afraid of we're accidentally not hitting uh, mute. <laughs> <laughs> Only kidding a little bit there. <laughs> oh, my. No, I don't have much else to say. I mean, you can definitely tell Aaron dug into this game way more than I did. But, uh, oh, I, for sure. I, I did play this game for a few hours and loved it. I'm going to keep playing it. 
it's definitely we'll, we'll wrap it up later but um it was fun my, my like i said my youngest son loves retro games he played it and had a blast with it he actually likes watching me play it more and kind of telling me where to go he would look at the map and be like daddy go over there no 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 over here over here so that was that, that was a lot of fun i uh i meant to do a video and i didn't quite get there but uh he he really dug this game he 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 thought it was hilarious that it was called Zombies Ate My Neighbors. He's like, well, I don't see him eating them. And I had to show him a few times how they could get <laughs> get the neighbors. So. That's awesome. True to form. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. love to give this a shot with you guys over uh, the net, like you were talking about before. Yeah, Parsec is the way to go if we could ever get that going. It, w- it would be fun to play with you guys. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be cool to actually get past the ants and uh, show the ropes <laughs> a little bit more. It'd yeah, be fun. Dance, like, change man. your weapon to this idiot. You know, like, <laughs> oh, be, oh. It'd be fun to see I, if Aaron got, like, real in, impatient with us. Like, no, no, yeah. no. Got no, I mean, I practiced with, like, kids, and I'm like, I, yeah, with my son, I'm like, no, switch to this weapon. Oh, no, <laughs> you're dead. Or, like, I'd, I'd be like, because, uh, like, this game, when you play it to player, there's something people might not realize. The game doesn't give you any more items. You get the same exact amount of items and weapons in the game. So it does okay. become one of those sharing things where it's like, okay, well, you pick this one up, I'll pick this one up. And my son, since he's the middle child in between two girls, he, he's very particular. He always likes to have his own stuff. <laughs> so it was, in this game, it was no different. He's like, oh, no, Dad, I want to pick that up. No, Dad, I, I want that. I'm like, okay, it's like the best <laughs> weapon in the game, but you can have it. <laughs> Here you go, kid. This, this run's ruined. Thanks. Use it in good health. <laughs> no, I know when I'm playing my kids, I'm like, if I was going to play this like seriously two-player, you really need to play someone with someone who's a veteran of the game. Because if you play with someone with, who's never played it, um, yeah, things will get kind of dicey pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I played with my daughter a little bit in the game, and uh we got to the just the chainsaws and she was like freaking out and it would you know we're running in different directions and we'd freeze the screen so we couldn't actually run away from them and then yeah. like it was uh it was pretty disastrous so like i think we made it through two runs of that before she said nope she's done <laughs> yeah no more interest in the game make or break it. It, it, it unless you switch to like a monster if you switch into monster form that level is a little easier but yeah I, I definitely understand that. Yep, very good. All right. Well, you guys want to do some achievements here? Sure. All right. This is Retrofitted Achievements. The Genesis Games Retrofitted Achievements. Um, I actually only got three this time around. Did you guys? I don't know if you got that those notes, Steve, and got some achievements or not. Or I did not get the. I did not, did not uh, end up getting the notes. Okay. However, I do. I did think about it, and I really only came up with one. <laughs> uh, so you want to hear mine? Sure. Just jumps straight to the point. It is uh, Tom Arnold would be impressed. No, no. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> Tom Dude, Arnold. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so the Tom Arnold would be impressed is uh, you have to beat the game, post it online, and then force somebody to donate money to a charity. <laughs> and that's uh, Tom Arnold would be impressed. Sounds like you uh, got that achievement there, Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, only person I know who's gotten it. So, it's world, uh, nice. world first. That's funny. Nice. 
I mean, right. I can add that to my, I swear, like... Your I, resume? I just, yeah, my resume, <laughs> I've beaten very specific games, and they usually come up on podcasts or things like this, where it's like, I suddenly get this desire to try and beat a game from my childhood that I stunk at, like Zombies Ate My Neighbors, or like, <laughs> I think Spelunker yeah. was one. That's always uh, one that comes to my mind. <laughs> or like Home Alone on NES, or American Gladiators, and I think... I think the other one that always comes up is Silver Surfer. Like that's another one where it's like Silver Surfer. It's just <laughs> it's a yeah, really hard game. I just think of the angry video game nerd where it's like you die, you die, you die. You know, the whole screen is just red where the kill area is. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so like uh, my first achievement, you're gonna see a theme here, I think. <laughs> um, and my first achievement is break on through to the other side and that's break a hundred walls as the monster <laughs> nice very cool uh, my first one is uh, called every drip counts and that's getting through a level without using the water gun nice, oh, nice. would you say that you're a wet bandit oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a sticky bandit kind of guy <laughs> <laughs> you got another one Aaron yeah, I do. Uh, this is the end, or the end. Um, and that's beating the game, of course. There you go. Uh, did you have another one? Yeah, one yeah, yeah, I got two more. Okay, go for it. Uh, next one's Lone Ranger, and that's uh, getting through a level with just one survivor. Nice. Uh, Steve, did you have any more? I did not, unfortunately. Oh, okay, no problem. Okay, so the next one is Light My Fire, and that's uh, <laughs> set 100 dolls on fire. Nice. Uh, this, yeah. is my, this is my last one. This is a old throwback to that show Heroes. Uh, save the cheerleader, save the world, and that's uh, saving the first cheerleader in the game. Nice. <laughs> oh, I just thought of one. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's called Baby Got Beast. And it's beat the giant baby with the beast. With the beast power up. Nice. Okay, so... My final one is People Are Strange. And that's... Uh, <laughs> defeat Dr. Tongue in his multiple forms. And, and as you probably could tell, my... Achievements are doors themed yeah, for the doors. whatever reason. <laughs> I just, it, and that's happened. Like one time we did a show where it just suddenly became Metallica themed for no reason at <laughs> all, okay. other than like that's the first thing that popped into my head. That's <laughs> exactly what happened here. Very cool. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and ask the big question Is Zombies Ate My Neighbors for the Genesis a uh, gym? this game of Genesis Gym? Is it good or is it garbage? So, as you all can, um, we always ask this question. When uh, we get recover a game, you can go to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Genesis Gems to answer the question with us. Uh, but first, we want to look at the critical reception. This is uh, by MobyGames.com. Uh, it got a critical reception score of 82 out of 100, which is pretty stinking good. Uh, one of the notable reviews I read came from GamePro. 
uh, back in November 93, and it says, uh, This cart's monstrous fun with 48 levels and every B-movie monster included. It's not scary, but the challenge will keep your thumbs screaming for mercy. <laughs> thought that was pretty good. And yeah, uh, well written. Yeah, exactly. So over on Facebook, like I mentioned, the group, um, we posted a picture of the game. We asked you all if you thought it was a gym, good or garbage, and here are the responses. So the first one comes from Christopher Kellogg, and Christopher says, I'd say gym. It's one of my favorite on the system. Eric Gerbeck says, Jim, I rented this as a kid on SNES and had to have it, but ended up asking for the Genesis version instead. Most people seem to think the SNES version is better, but I like playing it on the Genesis. It just feels more at home there. Six-button controller required, though. Uh, Temmie Max says, Absolute Jim. Fun co-op gameplay, colorful graphics, and hilarious humor. Ashley Gibson says, Jim, I had both the SNES and Genesis versions thanks to a mistake by Santa. Laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, Ryan Bay says, Too easy, Jim. Uh, Michael Kelso says, please be nice to Steve and Michael. Don't pass off any gems, germs to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish he would just stop doing that stuff. Uh, Andrew Coed said, Jim, Jim, Jim. Eric Wright says, a lot of my friends say the game is great. I played it on both SAS and Genesis and really wasn't impressed. Not specifically bad, but certainly didn't catch my interest. Hmm. All right. Uh, Rich VD says, Jim, still love breaking this one out. Eric Purcell says, Jim all the way. However, I have way more experience with this title on the dreaded SNES. Please forgive me. Uh, you're forgiven. Let's see. Nick DeMarco says, You mean the SNES, Eric Purcell? They're fixed it for you. I forgive you. Jim's won't. What color do you want the walls in your dungeon to be? <laughs> so, nice. yeah. Nick, just stay in the dungeon. Don't say anything. Uh, Trevor Franklin says, Only played the SNES version, but it was 100% retro blist approved. Oops. I mean, it's a gem. <laughs> and the uh, last one comes from Chris Vanderhoff, and he says, Groovy. I give it a groovy rating. So, but Chris, that isn't what we asked. So, uh, you know, next time, <laughs> rate it correctly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, I, okay. I actually got a little bit of feedback uh, in my group. Yeah, yeah, read that. That'd be awesome. Be cool if, yeah, if absolutely. Sure. All right. So, uh, I posed the question to uh, them, and a guy named Chris Murray said, "I think it's a gem, but other games hold up better than this one does." Without nostalgia goggles, without nostalgic goggles, it's good and not great. That being said, I've owned the cart forever and have fond memories of playing through the first 10 to 15 levels with a friend about a million times. So he, I think he gives it a good rating uh, at that point. Um, there's also uh, feedback. I liked the game. This is from uh, Dave Moore from Tadpog. I like this game. The horror schlack is fun and the gameplay is a breath of fresh air. It almost feels like fun progression of Robotron, which you guys mentioned earlier. Oh, nice. Uh, I got to level 37, which is the farthest I've ever progressed. Making it that far made me realize the level locations get samey, even though it is a very nice variety of enemies and weapons. Managing two failure conditions, player lives and victims, seems a little unfair in a game this long. The two-player mode was more difficult than single-player, which was a bummer because the co-op was one of the biggest draws. The visuals are nice, and I found myself humming to the music to, uh, to myself at work. All in all, great choice for this month. I hope to finish it someday. Uh, Phil Hawkins says it's a great game and concept, but I had plenty of criticisms on what I felt could have made the game better. It can be super frustrating when you have to walk over a neighbor or item several times because you just didn't hit it right the first time. I felt the controls were super loose and not as responsive as I would have liked. Being able to scroll forward and backward through the weapons would have been nice. The game can get fast in spurts and you have to cycle through your weapons can mean the difference between living neighbor and a dead neighbor <laughs> also an issue <laughs> i also had an issue with the monsters spawning right next to the neighbors which i also had the same problem 
um, often with obstacles between you and them, giving you absolutely no chance of rescuing them, or worse, hearing their screams off screen, and knowing that you lost a neighbor that you never had an opportunity to find in the first place. I know this was probably put in place to make you rush through the level and not take your time, but in practice, it just felt unfair and needlessly punishing in an already difficult game. All that said, the game still looks legitimately fun, or the game still is legitimately fun. Uh, As had been mentioned, the visuals and the music were great. The variety of monsters and their weaknesses to specific weapons was wonderful. Negotiating the levels and finding their secrets was awesome, too. I've got the sequel, Ghoul Patrol, and have never played it. I will now, and I'm curious to see what improvements they made on this. Uh, Brian Betts, um, who's logo master for Nerdy Thursday, a huge fan of this game, said, This game was so much fun this time around, but I swear it somehow got harder than when I was a kid. <laughs> I know I made it at least to fish in crypts uh, as a kid, but I only got to the warehouse of evil dolls this time around. Um, and then uh, Brian Fenoff, probably mispronouncing his name, I apologize, only got to level 15 or so, about well, same I did. Uh, somewhere in the teens, didn't have much time this month, um, as I'd like, but yeah. But I'll keep it now and then. Uh, great game. So, and then Sheen, Sheen Shank said, I made it to maybe level 16. It was tough. So that's the, those are the responses I get back. Yeah. Uh, Your responses are much more detailed than ours. Yeah, it's I like a, the one we, with the, the the improvements that um, that could be made because I, I do have some of the, the you know the same same minor complaints, little quibbles, I guess. But yeah. Oh, we also had uh, one more from uh, in in a Aaron Hickman. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Had uh, had okay. several failed runs before beating it recently. Don't get down to one neighbor per level. If you lose all your neighbors, neighbors, it's game over no matter what. You also gain a bonus neighbor every 42,000 points. A score is important. So, that AA Ryan guy, I think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> Must. <Jeez. laughs> he made it to level 50 bazillion. 50 bazillion. To beat this game. 55 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I didn't realize that the last, well, like, the last level that really counts as level 48 like i thought because like the game tells you there's 55 levels of mayhem or whatever like it tells you in like the the teaser in the game and i was like oh i guess you know you have to go through 55 but like once you beat 48 like no that's like the the official last level i guess and the other ones are bonus so it it, it works out yeah very cool awesome well i think we can ask the question to ourselves um i'll go ahead and start real quick with a summary i definitely think this game's a gem um probably one of my favorites on the genesis honestly i don't know where i'm gonna rank it we'll talk about there in a little bit but i uh, love this game i think the replayability of this is just fantastic it's it's an easy game to kind of pick up and play in a sense because you can blast through the first few levels in no time uh, real cool with multiplayer um it's just it, it it's funny how well this still works how smooth it is how responsive it is how in, in this type of genre, the, the whole survivor horror and the setting, that stuff never gets old. People love this stuff. They eat it up. And uh, I think a game like this just kind of holds to the test of time. And I would love to see like a true sequel to it. Um, I think that would be something awesome. So uh, i definitely give this game a gem. And um, I guess for me, yeah, definitely, definitely a gem. Um, I've kind of gone through the things that I really enjoy about the game, the presentation, the presentation, um, the arcade aspect of the gameplay, uh, just the fast, 
frenetic uh, feel of it and the, the goofy, cheesy vibe of everything and just the, the little jokes sprinkled throughout and the, the sense of humor that you find in other LucasArts games that have really translated well over to this game. Uh, I, you know, I did have the little frustrations that people mentioned, which is like the item cycling. Uh, but I, I didn't think it's that much of a detriment um, to your enjoyment of the game. Um, I thought the variety of weapons was amazing. Just, uh, there, I can't really think of a single other game on this system besides maybe like a Gunstar Heroes or something like that, that that had such a variety of weapons. And in this case, you know, you've got just some weird oddball style stuff that you end up using like soda cans and plates and, and knives, which kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, a little bit of uh, Dawn of the Dead or later on, like a, a later day example would be like... Um, what was that one that Dead Rising, the Capcom games, where there's a lot of wacky weapons and stuff you can use? So, I just I love the style of everything. Um, I, I love the randomness, which is something that keeps me coming back to this game. The the, the randomness, of, not necessarily the, the enemies, because they're always in the same place, and the the. The people you rescue are too, but it's it's really the items that you pick up that will change um, when when you go search for things that you'll pick up different things, and you won't play the game the same way each time. It'll be a little bit different, and having that second player to run through with you, uh, yeah, it can be a little more frustrating. You really have to trust your partner in this game, but it's one of the best co-op experiences you'll have on this system or on the SNES in my opinion. So I think the other thing I mentioned, which was the music, which isn't quite as good as the SNES music, but it's still really good. And it's still really conveys that 50s uh, goofy horror feel. And you got that hurdy-gurdy organ sound from like (laughs) the old radio old-timey radio era is what it feels like so i think it comes across well enough so yeah definite definite gem for me very cool i am gonna be the uh naysayer i think unfortunately um i think that everything you said about it as far as the presentation uh all the different levels as far as how they're named and the variety and everything. I think it's all wonderful. But to me, this game is just good. Um, it's like razor thin close to being a gem. The The problem that I really had with it is just that it feels like one of those games where you have to memorize the locations of where pretty much everybody is. You have to figure out and memorize what weapons work on what person. And some of the big issues that I really had that was pretty much every playthrough that I did was that I would randomly have neighbors die from somebody that just you know ended up spawning up from underneath them or sometimes they would spawn up underneath me and I'd take damage where it's like I shouldn't you know it shouldn't be spawning directly underneath me you know especially if you're if you're like stopped for one second trying to look at the map you know while not running and then you know a zombie pops up underneath you or pops up you're you're running directly towards one of the neighbors and then a zombie pop up or whatever you know 
gets them where it's completely unfair um and then the as far as the co-op's concerned where they don't increase the weapons and i wish that they would have done it like a toe jam and earl type thing where once you split the screen you know you like you're oh, kind of yeah. you know you're kind of like would be going into your own areas as opposed to how many times i died you know playing with my with my dad or my daughter where it's like we're running in different directions and then we've kind of like locked the screen so we've kind of like stopped ourselves you know in the corner and it just those kind of those frustrations kind of mounted with me to Real where quick, you know they they actually did plan split screen for this game but like the frame rate dropped so dramatically low that they were like nope and they cut oh, it really? out of the game yeah they, oh, they tried that's so unfortunate yeah because i know they did that in like uh soldiers of fortune um so this is kind of interesting that they didn't end up going for it with this game. Yeah, and, and I, I also think that the um, the respawn rate of, of the enemies was probably a little too high as well, where you know it's you almost can't catch your breath, and unless unless like I said, you pretty much have the level memorized to where you really know where the neighbors are going to be, and you, you head to the area and you you do what you have to do. Um, so those those frustrations to me mounted to the point where I'm like, I do want to go back and play, especially with somebody who's experienced like you know you guys are. Um, but on my own, I, I really can't see myself sitting down and just trying to go back by myself again. As unfortunate yeah, and as painful as it is to say that, I'm going to say that this game is just good. <laughs> that, and that's that's completely okay. This is one of those games where I, I feel like people will fall on one side or the other, where, where they'll respect it. Um, and, the, you know, they'll still think it's pretty good, but th those things will frustrate them. Like, like the fact that most people won't make it past, like, level 15. Like, I completely understand that, and that's part of the the core of the gameplay um, and the fact that you kind of have to rush out to, to rescue the neighbors but yeah yeah there's no timer but you get you better get on them quick otherwise they're gonna die <laughs> yeah those speed shoes or sometimes it's like the invincibility potion has helped but <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's different little tricks but it can it can still be tough I mean I've had runs that just just killed me like where I, I'd get pretty close to the end of the game and you know what some neighbor died off screen and i didn't know how to get to him in time because i didn't have the level memorized or it was just like that quick you know i didn't use speed shoes or i didn't use a monster to run over and rescue him so i was toast yeah. so yeah we don't hate you. Don't worry. <laughs> I was going to say thanks for not. I, I was waiting for the disconnection from the Skype uh, <laughs> call. All right, there it was. Well, we we unfortunately do uh, outnumber you here, so I think we're going to lay the gavel down right now and call this game a gym. Yep, and that was that, that was honestly part of the other reason was I knew my opinion didn't even matter. So, it, uh, <laughs> well, it would have if I would have. This is like who lines it, it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like the the points don't Who's matter. Lying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got the ranking sheet pulled up here, Aaron. Steve, yeah. I, I wonder where we're going to put this. Okay. Hmm. 
I have an idea. I mean, I still don't know why Sonic the Hedgehog 1 is number three. I would yeah. like to put it in that slot. But maybe at the end of the uh, year I, we can redo this. <laughs> yeah, like I like it a little more than NBA Jam, but I don't know if you do. So. Oh, yeah. I, I like it better than Rocket Knight, but I don't like it better than NBA like Jam. In between four and five, maybe? Then? I, 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 yes. <laughs> That's okay. exactly what I was thinking. We'll settle there for the sake of finishing out this long episode. <laughs> I think this may be the longest episode in history. I'll have to check that. I really? Think, yeah, well, we had another episode. It was actually like a bad game we played. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. One. I think it was. I can't remember, but yeah, we, we had one where it was like. We just we we got off on, on huge tangents. Huge tangents <laughs> because it was more fun than playing that game. Yeah. Nice. Oh, geez. So, yeah, uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors is now number five. And we'll, we'll get down over the list here Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is one. Gunstar Heroes 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 1's 3, NBA Jam's 4, Zombies Ate My Neighbors 5, and Rocket Knight Adventures is the new number 6, and so on. So, I I think I would put Sonic the Hedgehog 1, I would probably put it, if I was going to like reorder it, I would probably put it somewhere around Ghouls and Ghosts at 16. Oh wow, I wonder how we got there, I think I'd go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> uh, it, it's because it was an early episode. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, and you know what? When we did our ranking, I don't know. I think we just had less good games yeah. at the time. That's true too. That was a fun episode. Poor Rob wasn't Road Rash much higher, and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. Yeah. Come back to the show, and you have more say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool, guys. Well, with that, I think we can uh, wrap this thing up. Uh, Steve, you want to give us the uh, the little rundown just real quick again, in case anyone. Uh, didn't catch it in the beginning what you're doing and where we can find you yeah so uh as of this moment in time uh the group is called the retro video game of the month club on facebook however like i said we're switching the name over to retro gaming monthly and actually i got the domain name retrogamingmonthly.com um it'll be launching here shortly and it'll just basically take you to the facebook group page um i do have some things that i'd like to do in the future as far as you know not only doing the game of the month but also doing a monthly high score challenge on retro games very cool you know that'll be perpetual through the month and you know see maybe do little prizes stuff like that as well as possibly doing a quarterly game where you know you're going to need maybe three months to get through an rpg or something like that you know um and also we we give away prizes um just gave away a copy of Mega Man 11, uh, mailed that out. And actually, Aaron, you won uh, the $20 gift card to GameStop uh, towards the beginning of the year, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, you know what? I ended up giving it to my nephew for his That's birthday. Awesome. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. So I passed it forward. Yeah, no, very cool. So, yeah, it just, uh, we have an awesome community here. Everybody is really friendly and helpful. Um, nobody's snobbish or, you know, we wouldn't put up with that anyways. And, um, it's just awesome. I'd love to see the community grow. We got 199 members as of right now, but uh, Retro Gaming Monthly, please come check us out. And very thank cool. you guys very much for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. It's an honor to be on your guys' show for sure. Oh, absolutely. And hopefully we can schedule one of these in the future as well. Whenever the stars align, we can get the uh, your game to match our games. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'll, I'll always be on the uh, lookout for it for sure. Cool. Because that, cool. that would be very cool. All right. Well, guys, appreciate the time. Like I said, this will be a yeah. uh, 
you guys, uh, listeners, may have to kind of separate this in a few parts if you're uh, driving to work. <laughs> but that's just a good, like when you're that's playing Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a long, well, long haul. And when we only really release an episode once a month, that's kind of nice to have a nice long one for everyone to listen to. So, very cool. Maybe our uh, our podcast should have a password system. <laughs> you know, like you, you yeah. listen to the, the second half of it, you know the password. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just uh-huh. got to make it so that it's uh, four characters and you get none of the power-ups, so it's almost Absolutely. useless. That's right. Yeah. But that would be two dudes in a nest if we're talking yeah, about yeah. almost useless. Forget that. Oh, but I'm <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, almost kidding. Anyways, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, patrons, for uh, being a patron, of course, for donating to the podcast. It helps us get those uh, fees and everything paid, so thank you so much for that. And guys, with that, we will catch you later. Later, guys. See ya.